This is MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. The following is a presentation of MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR racing. The year was 1985. The late Neil Bonnet sat on the pole here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. His qualifying speed of that day was an unheard of 170 miles an hour. Now, just a short 10 years later, the pole speed is 185 miles an hour on the same mile and a half layout. Those blazing quick speeds make this track the third fastest on the NASCAR Winston Cup schedule. Todd Bodine has a driver's perspective. When you're out there, you don't realize how fast you're going, but come in and you stop and you think about you know going through that corner and just barely letting off the throttle and you know at the end of the straightaway you're running 190 at least so you're only slowing down to maybe 180 through the corner and that's uh, when you think about it it's a little scary temperatures are in the 70s under a beautiful cloudless georgia sky from the atlanta motor speedway nascar racing the purelator 500 next m r n radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Pain Relief Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Atlanta Motor Speedway, a magnificent day for NASCAR Winston Cup racing. The Purelator 500 set to under uh, unfold under green flag conditions here in about 20 minutes or so from now. And Barney Hall, the talk again this week, Chevrolet versus Ford. Does one side have an undue advantage over the other? Well, Chevy's the hot qualifying team, but they've not won here since 1991 in Atlanta. Well, that's been the topic of conversation all week long, and in fact, it has been all season long, Eli, for that matter, how strong the Chevrolets are. They've certainly come up with a good race car, but as Jeff Bodine uh, pointed out in the garage area the other day, he said the other four drivers might have given up, but I haven't. He said, you know, anything can happen in a 500-mile race. They may have a little more downforce on the cars, be working a little better, but we can win. Today's first five starters are in Chevrolets. Last year, in the season finale, the Hooters 500, the top five qualifiers drove Ford Thunderbird. So, yes, indeed, the fortunes do change in this sport. But one thing is for sure, 42 teams set to go racing here shortly in a racetrack that really hasn't favored anybody over the last little while. There have been seven different winners in the last ten Winston Cup races here at Atlanta. So, to say that there is an odds-on favorite going in, that would probably be incorrect also. Well, about the odds-on favorite, if you had to pick somebody, I'm going by what all the guys in the garage are saying. They say Dale Earnhardt is probably as strong as he has ever been here at Atlanta. That's what every team is going with down there. But as far as anybody having a big advantage or whatnot, don't think so. There are nine drivers, incidentally, in the field today who have won races here at Atlanta. So... It's not shy of potential winners, that's for sure. As soon as we come back, we'll be going trackside to meet many of the drivers in today's field. The Purelator 500, just about 20 minutes away. Trackside at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Pre-race driver introductions continue. The fans continue to file in, and we welcome those of you tuned in today on one of 388 radio stations in 35 states covering today's Purelator 500. From the Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. 
Welcome back to the Atlanta Motor Speedway. 328 laps today around the mile and a half speedway. That makes out the 500 miles going for a purse again this week, Barney, in excess of $1 million. Just the fourth race in a row now that has exceeded that magical mark. Yeah, the money continues to climb at every track around the country, and the drivers certainly have been noticing that, and I think the competition level has gone up because of that also. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Hi folks, Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics. Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway. Racing Electronics has scanners and headphones. We can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. We're in the championship, baby, yeah! And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. Right now, pre-race activity does continue trackside. Dale Earnhardt down there presenting or being presented a chainsaw. I wonder what he's going to do with that. I don't know. One can only guess. Right now, he's out there speaking from a moment to the fans, talking on the microphone while Bobby Labonte is getting set to climb into his race car. Labonte qualifying so very well. Out qualifies everybody except Dale Earnhardt. Let's get the thoughts of the driver of the Interstate Batteries Chevrolet. It's got to be a bittersweet feeling, Bobby Labonte. Five one-thousandths of a second on the front row but just a tick off that pole position thoughts about friday's qualifying run well you know we had a you know we had a great lap you know we didn't get to practice a whole lot and the car felt good enough to you know to run it hard and you know lo and behold that's i was kind of surprised and you know pleased we were second you know we close to first but hey the interstate battery chevrolet's run good you know all year long we've had you know good good races a little bad luck in there but we've had a lot of fun and, and that's that's the key we're having a good time we're communicating real well and you know, today's another day. We've got to take it one step at a time, and this uh, this race different, and we're just going to try to do our best today. It's obviously good on a couple of laps. How about on a longer run? How's the car? Well, it's not as good as we wanted it to be, but we changed some stuff this morning, so hopefully it'll be better. You know, uh, it's just one of those things we're going to work at uh, today. It's a long race, and you know, we know that, and uh, we don't have as good a car as we want to have, but at the same time, we'll, uh, we'll pl keep plugging along. Continuing with that strong run he's had early in the year, Bobby Levani goes off second. And Dale Earnhardt, who starts on the pole, is doing about 25 miles an hour up the middle of the racetrack on foot right now. Jim Phillips is tracking along with him. Let's get his thoughts on what he's looking for this afternoon. Well, I can keep up with him on foot, but they couldn't keep up with him on the racetrack. 185.077, Dale. Everybody in the garage area said you were the man to beat for the bush pole, and you pulled it off. Well, the car really ran good right off the truck, Jim. And I can't say enough for Andy and all the guys uh, spinning uh, Scott D. Young did build the qualifier, and everybody did just such a good job all week. And the car was just beautiful. It's a brand-new car, and it worked good right off the truck. She was fast. I think we could have went faster to drive her to bear down a little bit. You've won six here. Is today number seven. Well, you know, this is a good racetrack for us. We like to race here. We're looking forward to it. So we'll just say, see what happens here. 
328 laps will tell the story for Dale Earnhardt. He's got five bush poles in this event alone here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. For those of you who follow our broadcast on a regular basis, you'll know that every now and then, Bill Engel will walk up to me in the morning of a race and he'll kind of pull me aside and say, Eli, I think we've got something for him today. And indeed, that conversation took place again this morning, even though Ricky Rudd starts sixth, not on the front row certainly, but close enough Chuck Bound to obviously be a factor today. Yeah, I'm with Ricky Rudd. Ricky, you qualified six fastest, but that's the fastest Ford. You have five Chevys in front of you, but I've seen you win here at Atlanta in a Ford before. What's it look like today? Well, Chuck, we got a work cut out for us today. You know, we had a real good qualifying lap in, but even with having the best Ford lap, it was still a couple of tenths shy of what some of the Chevys could run. So, you know, we're on race setup now. Everyone's slowed down a little bit. They got their cars. The grill work has opened up. Everyone's giving up a little bit of downforce. We have to, I just have to put a big question mark on how we're going to stack up. The stopwatch looks good. Uh, I think we'll just have to run about 30, 40 laps and find out where we shake out. We're not really sure. Okay, well, good luck. Ricky Rudd starting sixth. Tell you who else has been running very strong here at a Ford is Derek Cope. He's had some good runs here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway over the years. He finds himself starting back in eighth position, and a lot of people in the garage area were picking that to be one of the stronger Fords today. Let's see if we can get his thoughts right now. Well, let's see if Derek Cope feels that way. Some of the teams in the garage think you're going to be a strong car today. Is that going to be it for Derek Cope? Well, you know, that remains to be seen. We're just, uh, you know, approaching it from a very uh, patient standpoint. Uh, we made some small adjustments this morning, and we're just going to go out there and settle into a race pace and see what the car, you know, uh, dictates for us. Friday talked to a lot of Ford drivers. They said their car was pushing, didn't want to turn and turn four. Is that about the way the Fords have been all weekend? Yeah, pretty much. You know, we seemed to, we were real good before the Bush race, and then after the Bush race, the car seemed to pick up a little bit of a push off, and uh, we're just going to have to, we made a couple of adjustments to hopefully, you know, rectify that, and if it does, then I think we can be a factor. Is this team gaining momentum? I believe it is. I think, you know, Straight Arrow's excited about the progress, and I think that uh, all indications are if we can go out and have a good day here, then hopefully we'll be able to get on a roll here a little bit. Well, he had his best finish here last fall. He finished seventh. There are four Pontiacs in the field today. Regretfully for the Pontiac faithful, three of those teams had to use provisional starting spots, but not the STP Pontiac. Bobby Hamilton has that car starting in the top ten. Winston Kelly is with the driver of the Richard Petty-owned car. Another team making a lot of progress thus far. A lot of talk, Bobby, about the Ford Chevrolet Duel. How does the Pontiac shake out in all this? Well, you know, our Pontiac's real good. You know, the car unloaded right off the, I mean, the very first lap on the racetrack would have qualified us in the top 20. And all the guys done a little work on it, got the car where it turned a little better. So went out there and practiced, and we was like a lot of the race teams. We were real tight yesterday, but we drove ourselves to that uh, situation with the problem we had with the shock absorber, Robbie Fount. So we feel real good about it. Uh, I think the Chevrolet is the best car here, you know, but I think we're good is uh, the ma majority of the Fords. STP Pontiac with Bobby Hamilton aboard rolls off night this afternoon. We're closing in on the start of the Purolator 500. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, beautiful conditions at the racetrack today. The team's now preparing their pit areas as the drivers climb aboard their race cars. And one man who's always excited when he gets to the Atlanta Motor Speedway, Morgan Shepard, qualified in the top 20, and he has three wins at this racetrack, Jim Phillips. He certainly does have three wins here. He's in contention to win last spring also. Morgan Shepard, how about your chances today? This is one of your best racetracks. Well, yesterday evening in the last practice, uh, our Sitco Thunderbird was uh, running real well. Uh, we're pleased with it. So we'll just have to see what we do with those Chevys. That's Morgan Shepard.
Why don't we take a look at the starting lineup for you? 42 drivers set to go racing in today's Pure Later 500. First off, among those who didn't qualify, Loy Allen, who was the pole sitter here a year ago, he failed to qualify. Likewise, Ward Burton and Gary Bradbury driving for Jimmy Means has again failed to make the starting lineup. Of those who are here, 42nd is Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania. That's the Camel Ford. 20, uh, 41st is Randy LaJoy of Norwalk, Connecticut, the MBNA America Pontiac. 40th starter, Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the Coors Light Pontiac. 39th, Michael Walchup of Owensboro, Kentucky, the Pennzoil Pontiac. Phil Parsons out of Detroit, Michigan has the TriStar Motorsports Ford in 38th. 37th, Todd Bodine from Chemung, New York. That's the factory store's Ford. The WCW Ford for Billy Standridge of Shelby, North Carolina starts 36th. 35th is Bill Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia, the McDonald's Ford. Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York has the Exide Batteries Ford in 34th. 33rd is Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, the Olive Garden Chevrolet. Ricky Craven from Newburgh, Maine has the Kodiak Chevrolet in 32nd. And 31st, Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York in the Lowe's Ford. 30th on the field, Robert Presley of Asheville, North Carolina, the Skull Bandit Chevrolet. Kenny Schrader from Fenton, Missouri has the Budweiser Chevrolet in 29th. Starting 28th, Jeff Burton from South Boston, Virginia, the Raybestos Ford. 27th starter, Ted Musgrave from Franklin, Wisconsin in the Family Channel Ford. 26, Mike Wallace of Fenton, Missouri, and the Heilig Myers Ford. Davy Jones of Cortland, New York, has the U.S. Air Jasper Ford in 25th position. 24th, Greg Sachs from Mattituck, New York, in the Kendall Pontiac. 23rd, Steve Kinzer from Bloomington, Indiana, in the Quaker State Ford. 22nd will be Jeff Purvis from Clarksville, Tennessee, in the Jackaroo Chevrolet. 21st, Lake Speed from Jackson, Mississippi, in the Spam Ford. 20th starter, Joe Nimichek of Lakeland, Florida. That's the Burger King Chevrolet. Rick Mast from Rockbridge Baths, Virginia, has the Skull Racing Ford in 19th. 18th, Dale Jarrett from Conover, North Carolina. The Texaco Haviland Ford. Morgan Shepard, from whom you've just heard, starts the Sitco Ford in 17th. Morgan is from Conover, North Carolina, as well. 16th is Steve Grissom of Gadsden, Alabama. The Meineke Chevrolet. John Andretti from Indianapolis, Indiana, has the Kmart Little Caesars Ford in 15th. 14th, good run for Jeremy Mayfield of Nashville, Tennessee. That's the RCA Ford. Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas, drives the Valvoline Ford in 13th. 12th starter, Rusty Wallace. He's from St. Louis, Missouri, in the Miller Genuine Draft Ford. And 11th, Jimmy Hensley from Horse Pasture, Virginia, the active trucking Chevrolet. 10th on the field, Dick Trickle from Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin, in the Quality Care Ford. The ninth starter, Bobby Hamilton from Nashville, Tennessee, in the STP Pontiac. Eighth on the grid, Derek Cope from Spanaway, Washington, in the Straight Arrow Ford. Our seventh starter is Sterling Marlin from Columbia, Tennessee, in the Kodak Chevrolet. Sixth, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, in the Tide Ford. Starting fifth, Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas, in the Kellogg Chevrolet. Fourth position belongs to Darrell Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky, in the Western Auto Chevrolet. Jeff Gordon from Pittsburgh, Indiana, has the DuPont Chevrolet starting third. Front row we heard from a moment ago. Outside pole, number two starting spot, Bobby Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas, the Interstate Battery Chevrolet. And on the pole, Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Pre-race activities winding down here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We're still a few moments away from the firing of the engines for today's Pure Later 500. Got to say hello to one fellow who's not here. Oh, Harry Gant. Boy, did he ever have a tough week. Harry was on his way down to uh, the Daytona 200 at the Daytona International Speedway, the culmination of Bike Week down at the World Center of Racing. And uh, after having to swerve to avoid a trailer on a small country road near Taylorsville, North Carolina, Harry had to uh, hit the deck.
Beck with his motorcycle, and uh, the Harley was scratched up, but Harry was banged up pretty good. I guess he cracked about five ribs and cut his spleen and all. He did not have a good week. Yeah, I understand. I talked to Johnny Hayes this morning. He said he broke four ribs and uh, did uh, bruise his spleen and liver, but he's doing just fine. As Johnny Hayes tells it, he wanted to get out of the hospital that afternoon and go home. He said, I got things I need to do. Sounds like house. Harry. Yeah, it really does. But we do wish uh, very speedy of recoveries for Harry Gant, who is listening in back home in Taylorsville, North Carolina. There's some interesting stories here today. We talked about Pontiacs. I had said there were four Pontiacs. There are indeed five in the field. But uh, Bobby Hamilton, he ended up qualifying on his race setup. Uh, he decided he had a good car. He was working well in practice pretty quick right off the truck. And he and Robbie Loomis and the fellas got together and said, why tamper with it? We knew we were going to be decent for Sunday. And they went out and qualified ninth on their race day setup. That's been a petty trend over the years. You've been around long enough to know that also, that Richard used to, he wouldn't fool with qualifying as far as going yeah. for the pole or anything. They wanted a decent setup to get in the show, obviously. But they worked mostly to get the car for race day. And that's paid off for them over the years. And Bobby said that's kind of the way I feel about it. One of the other interesting stories, too, I think, is Davy Jones. Uh, we mentioned that he had a pretty decent qualifying effort after missing the race a week ago. He'll start 25th in the U.S. Air Ford. Davy is a, an Indy car racer, an Indy star, an endurance-type racer. Now lives about an hour and a quarter from right here. He moved from his upstate New York home to uh, just a suburban area here in the Atlanta, Georgia locale. And the only thing is that he'd never seen this racetrack. He came out here Friday just to see where the place was. And the first lap he ever turned here at Atlanta, he turned on Friday in practice and ends up uh, doing fairly well uh, starting in the middle of the field. A pretty good run. He's a talented young driver. He's just going to have to learn uh, these tracks, these cars. He said, I don't know anything. He said, I don't even know where the men's room is. He goes, you just have to learn everything when you go to a brand-new racetrack. Well, it's just about like everybody says. I'm talking to Tim Brewer, same thing on John Andretti. He was a former IndyCar driver also. And Tim said, you know, he, we have a little trouble relating to him the stock car against what he feels in an IndyCar. But he said he's a quick learner. And Davey's the same thing, so he'll be fine. Right now at trackside, they're about set to give the command that all these racing fans have been waiting for as the Purelator 500 under beautiful conditions here today will be going green in just a moment or so. 328 laps today around the mile and a half Atlanta Motor Speedway. $15,200 on the line for the Unical Challenge should Dale Earnhardt win today's Purelator 500 from the Bush Pole. Right now, Bruton Smith, the president of the Atlanta Motor Speedway, approaching the microphone down on pit lane as he's about to give the command to fire the engines. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a five and a quarter ounce bottle of Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner for $3.99. Clean and lubricate your fuel system while increasing miles per gallon with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner for $3.99 at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Plus earn double O rewards points on this purchase. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Gentlemen, start your engines. And there you hear it. The words the fans have been waiting for. Drivers are now firing them up, and we're going racing in just moments. M R N 
Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Purelator 500. Sponsored by Raybestos Brakes. When it comes to safety, don't compromise. Save Raybestos, the best in brakes. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By Pontiac, the official pace car of NASCAR, 24 years running. Pontiac, we are driving excitement. By Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Smooth Bush Beer and Easy Drinking Bush Light by Unical 76. For quality gasoline, keep your eye on the ball. By Goodyear, number one in racing, number one in tires. By STP, makers of fuel performance additives like STP Super Concentrated Fuel Injector Cleaner and STP Gas Treatment. So no matter where you drive, Go with STP and drive a better car. And by Gatorade Thirst Quencher, the official sports beverage of NASCAR. Hey, life is a sport. Rank it up. The Atlanta Motor Speedway is the site of today's Purelator 500 on MRN Radio. Welcome in to the Peach State of Georgia, along with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. There have been three different winners in the first three races of 1995. Sterling Marlin, Jeff Gordon, and Terry Labonte. But on the Super Speedway's Barney Hall, only Dale Earnhardt and Dale Jarrett are the men to post top five finishes in the first two big track events. Certainly one of those, Earnhardt, has to be the odds-on favorite here today. Yeah. You can usually tell, you get a feel in the garage as you walk through there from the time they start qualifying and do that first practice session until the final practice session yesterday afternoon. Almost everybody's on top of those trucks down there with stopwatches in their hand knowing who's good, who's quick at a different part of the racetrack. And Earnhardt has had the car that has been not only fast, obviously, because he is on the pole here today, but the car is beginning to handle again. You and I have talked here in Atlanta over the years. Remember about three or four years ago when Dale came here? He could just drive that car like it was glued in the corners. He's running that way again. Dale Earnhardt won here back in 1980 from 31st place. Today's odds are a whole lot better starting on the Bush Pole. Right now, red, white, and blue balloons being released from the gathering area in the middle of the infield here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Nice little breeze blowing, sending those balloons skyward now as we get set to go racing. Updating you on a couple of minute rule changes. They're minute to you and I because we don't have to work on these race cars. They do have some significance, though, to the guys in the garage area. All teams will be reducing their uh, rear deck spoilers by a quarter of an inch starting today. They'll drop from six and a half to six and a quarter inches, and the front air dams will be raised by a quarter inch to three and three quarters of an inch of ground clearance. And it's amazing as long as we've been around this business, what a quarter of an inch on a race car will do to the performance of those machines. Well, it's taken a lot of downforce away from the cars. About everybody I talked to says it hasn't made the car totally unstable, but it's just a little bit less than we've had before, and the drivers are going to have to get used to it going into the corners. The car wants to come out from under you just a little bit quicker, and you would think an eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch or whatever like that would not make that much difference, as you said. But when you're running 185, well, they go off into these corners well over 190 miles an hour. makes a big difference. The turns are banked 24 degrees. The straightaways virtually flat. They're five degrees of banking, and the straights are each a quarter mile in distance. So that easily tells you that each of the set of turns here is one half mile around. If you don't handle well, you're going to be in for a long day. The field getting the one to go signal now from Doyle Ford 
forward atop the flag stand. So why don't we swing around this racetrack here in suburban Atlanta, Georgia, and let you hear from the voices who will be covering the action today, basking in the sunshine of turns one and two from Hampton, Virginia, alongside his faithful companion who is sharing some shade out there. Here's Joe Moore. And good afternoon, everyone. It is a spectacularly beautiful day here this afternoon in Atlanta. Temperatures up in the 70s. We'll be following the cars coming into turn one to begin that half mile turn one and two before they get back on the short quarter mile back straight away. At this part of the track, you can really tell when a car's tires are starting to go away. They'll favor the inside groove or maybe the middle groove. But when the tires start going away, the car starts coming up higher towards the outside retaining wall. Those telltale signs will start to show themselves about 50 laps into every green flag run. We'll have all the action here in turns one and two today in Atlanta. They got some fast speeds out that back straightaway and going off into turn number three, not the place to have a problem, Alan Bestwick. We saw a lot of cars get in trouble over there yesterday. Yeah, this racetrack's so high speed. If you have a problem in the corner, that wall comes up on you in a big hurry. Turns three and four, a virtual carbon copy of turns one and two. The only difference is late in the day as the sun begins to creep lower in the western sky, it begins to face right into the driver's windshield as he comes down this back straightaway, making the entrance to turn three late in the race, almost a blind corner. Atop the flag stand, our honorary starter today, who has a great seat to start this event, but I'm sure he doesn't like it a lick. That's Ernie Irvin, who is here as the honorary starter for today's Purolator 500. He'd much rather be aboard the number 28 machine, but today he'll unfurl the green as we're set to go racing in Atlanta. Race car behind the pit wall. They're down to the line. Ernie puts the green flag in the air, and they begin the first of 328 laps around the speedway. Trouble on the main straightaway. Mike Wallace in traffic. Has the car go around on him. He'll tag the inside retaining wall and quickly Doyle Ford grabs the green from Ernie Irvin and displays the yellow. They'll run back to the caution flag. The leader is Earnhardt in turn three. He's got about a car length on Bobby Labonte. They're side by side for third. Jeff Gordon tucked in behind Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip grabs the spot. They'll race out of turn number four and back down to the line with a yellow flag waving. Earnhardt will lead them down single file back through about the top 15 or 16 spots as they are aware that there is a car sitting out down toward the inside pit wall and a lot of damage to Mike Wallace's car. Both the right side and left side look like they have sustained quite a bit of sheet metal damage. And I'll be very honest with you, I didn't see exactly what started that because like most everybody here at the racetrack, we were all following the leaders towards turn number one Eli, and the Heilig Myers car was back in 26th at the time. Eli, I did see what happened to start that, but some of the cars towards the middle part of the field were lagging a little bit back in traffic when they came into turn three. So when the field came off of turn four, some guys jumped on the accelerator to close up on the cars in front of them by that time when they caught up so quick everybody had to jump on the brakes because the green hadn't gone and the leaders hadn't take off yet when everybody jumped on the brakes as always happens about the fifth or sixth car back in line gets tagged and turned around in traffic and mike wallace was the victim this time well, this is a strange one i mean 60 yards shy of the start finish line to get the green and already there is one car being put onto the back of the century wrecker and going to the garage area. So I hope this is not a portent of things to come here today. A very unusual start to the Purolator 500. And Mike Wallace, he is, of course, now a part owner of that Junie Donlevy Heilig Myers racing team. And he had high hopes for today. Of course, this has been a racetrack where Ford has run well in the past. But unfortunately, uh, at least for that car, they've already gone a lap down. And now Mike Wallace climbs from his car. He uh, walks to survey the damage on the right side of the automobile. He obviously is okay. The back doors of the Atlanta South Ambulance now swing open. And uh, 
Mike uh, looks a little bit perturbed uh, from this angle as he walks to the attention of the uh, medical crews. I think he's looking more at the racetrack. It, uh, as the tail end of the field comes by, he's kind of throwing his hands up like, hey, what happened to a couple of cars that are directly in front of him now? So apparently that might be the two cars, whoever they are in that pack of traffic there, that might have made uh, contact with him. Of course, on the start of the event, he had uh, Davy Jones with him, Chad Musgrave, Jeff Burton. I guess most of those teams had uh, held their position. So somewhere in that pack of traffic is uh, where Mike Wallace was signaling to. But an unfortunate start. Uh, Steve Tease, the president of Purelator, has joined us here in the booth. And uh, what a strange way to begin the afternoon, Steve. Yeah, you just never know in this sport, do you? You think it's going to go straight from the beginning, but... Uh that's what makes it racing so exciting. Uh, anything can happen, anytime. Really can. Great to have uh, Pure Later on board here. Boy, talk about names that go back. We were talking, I guess, on the broadcast a few weeks ago, back to the old Pure Later 500s at Pocono, and, of course, the old Pure Later Mercury for David Pierce and the Wood Brothers. That company name is uh, a proud part of NASCAR tradition. It goes back a long ways. I think uh, A.J. Foyt was one of the first ones, and then the Woods Brothers, Leonard and Glenn, with yeah. uh, with Neil and David, David Pearson, really, and Neil Bonnet after that, and... Uh, then we had good success with Derek Cope in 1990 down right. at Daytona and Dover as well. And, and uh, hell, down here at uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is, this is a second year for us, and we're really, really pleased to be part of this event here today. You guys used to have some great years with David Pearson. I know he and Paul Cameron, who uh, at one time I think was president of Pure Later, had, it was fun to have those guys around. Paul is uh, down in Florida, I believe, now. I know I started with Pure Later in 1972 when Paul was the CEO at the time. And... Uh, uh, every time I get a chance to see him, we talk a little bit about racing. It was in his blood and still is, I believe. Of course, he is a member still, uh, Paul Cameron, of the International Speedway Corporation, board of directors, and a, a major part of the sport still. We see on pit road Jimmy Spencer's car coming in for some service. A quick check of the front end of that car by Travis Carter and uh, Cecil Gordon and the team. And Jimmy is backing away as they take the Mike Wallace car to the garage. Steve Tease, great to see you here. You couldn't have ordered a better day weather-wise, and uh, we look forward to an outstanding afternoon once uh, we see some green flag racing. Absolutely. Well, we're proud to be uh, here in, uh, in Atlanta. This is America today, red, white, and blue. And you know those are Purelator's colors, red, white, and blue. We're the American company. And the Atlanta Motor Speedway in this race uh, is very important to us and our products. We've got a lot of customers out there, a lot of people in the stands that uh, buy Purelator filters for their cars. And we're real pleased to be part of motor racing because this is, this is uh, life in America right here today in Atlanta. Got that right. Steve, good to see you. Enjoy your day. Thank you very much. Steve Tease, the president of Purelator. We're a lap away from going back to green. The green flag back out again at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. The Pure Later 500 now on lap number five of 328. Dale Earnhardt wastes no time and jumping out front all by himself again. Clear air out there as he gets away from Bobby Labonte. Labonte hung with him for just a second right on his bumper. Now they've opened up a big gap on the third place car, which is Darrell Walter over in turn two. Right behind Darrell Walter, the Jeff Gordon car. He rides along in fourth now. Terry Labonte fifth. And the first Ford in line is Ricky Rudd. He's up to the sixth position. Sterling Marlin running in seventh now as those cars all work single file on the back straightaway. Next in line, Derek Cope in the Ford in eighth, and about five car lengths to Rusty Wallace and Bobby Hamilton. Mark Martin has moved up to 11. All of those cars holding their positions. First man out of line, John Andretti, trying to find some running room to the inside, back at about 12th spot, while closer to the front, Terry Labonte works inside of Jeff Gordon. They'll scramble for fourth back in turn one. Labonte's not going to get the spot coming into the turn. Jeff Gordon is tough up in the outside lane. He's still got a fender out in, uh, fender out in front. Labonte now gets in line in front of Ricky Rudd. Ricky Rudd takes a brief peek to the inside of Labonte on the back straightaway. He falls back in line single file. Here's Mark Martin trying to grab a spot away from Bobby Hamilton now down to the inside in turn three. Mark Martin puts the car right to the bottom of the race. 
It will stick there, and he'll get the spot away from Bobby Hamilton. Meanwhile, at the front of the field, front two continue to break away. Dale Earnhardt and Bobby Labonte, that gap's getting bigger from third on back. Yeah, it's about 10 car lengths right now. Darrell Waltrip still rising the third spot. They're stacked up single file behind him. Further back in the pack, we see Dale Jarrett stepping out of line. He's got a great race going on with Jeremy Mayfield. Morgan Shepard and Lake Speed also in that battle. Racing for the 16th spot now. Jarrett to the inside. Morgan Shepard swings down to the inside of the Lake Speed car. Now they're double wide back for that position in the middle of three and four. Morgan Shepard makes the move. The car drifts up just a little bit. Greg Sachs working the low side of the racetrack with Joe Nimichek trying to find an opening. Everybody holds their position. The car's skating around just a little bit. Some of these cars just not handling as well as they would like with the leaders on the backstretch. Gap beginning to close between second place Bobby Labonte. Oh, trouble in turn one. Steve Ginzer gets spun around. Brett Bodine tags the back end. Now three other cars get together. Dave Marcus involved here. The Phil Parsons car involved. And Steve Ginzer finally comes to rest down on the apron of turn two. A collection of about five cars get caught up in that accident down in turn number one. Kenzer was the car that ended up in the outside wall. Looked like he tagged it real hard. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Kenzer's done a lot of damage to the back of the Quaker State Ford. The back end is slammed up against the outside retaining wall. When he got turned sideways, about four other cars began sliding. One of those, Phil Parsons, who you can hear now, just beginning to drive off. He's got a lot of damage on the back end of his Ford as well. The rest of the cars were able to drive off. Kenzer still sitting in his car down on the inside of turn two. One other car that Joe didn't mention in that first quick call of the accident was Jimmy Spencer, who along with Phil Parsons, Dave Marcus, Kinzer, and others uh, had problems. We see uh, Marcus now with a lot of sheet metal damage to the left rear of his automobile. Jimmy Spencer, who was just on pit road, remember, during the uh, last caution period, he'll come in with what we can clearly see even from here at the start-finish line as some cosmetic damage to the front end of that car. Eli, also some damage on Billy Standridge's car. He got into the rear of one of those machines that was turned sideways and a good bit of damage of the grill section, the front end there on Billy Standridge's machine. Let's go down to pit road and Winston Kelly. We've, ca we've caught up with Mike Wallace, Barney, in the garage area, Mike surveying the damage on his car. He's walked out of the infield care center. Mike, not a good way to start the day. What happened? Winston, it's just simple. The car behind us running the back of us, you know. I mean, we hadn't even got across the start-finish line yet. I mean, impatience is the whole thing. I mean, I normally don't complain about anything, but it just, it was a stupid move, you know, that cost us a great run. I don't know if we'll get back in the race or not, and it's just a shame it had to happen. Unfortunately for Mike Wallace, he won't be able to equal that strong fifth-place run he had here last November. Uh, here come some more cars on a pit road. Bill Elliott will bring his car in to the attention of his crew. Billy Standridge comes down also. A little sheet metal damage to the front of that car. Davey Jones brings his machine in. Dave Marcus is in there. They'll take a look at the damage to his car also. Phil Parsons will go right to the garage area, as will Jimmy Spencer. Both cars were able to drive into the garage, but both are, in the case Phil, Phil Parsons certainly, his car is all off kilter, uh, the right rear of the car virtually dragging on the ground, uh, and we also see a lot of damage from this angle on the Jimmy Spencer car, but certainly the Smoke and Joe's team has every intention of getting Spencer back in. They have already pushed their big tool kit on wheels to the garage area and Winston Kelly uh, looks as though at least they hope to get the car back in. Jimmy Spencer's uh, got a lot of damage to the right side of the car. It hit flush on the side. Jimmy understandably upset like a few minutes to kind of cool down. Front of the car is heavily damaged. Phil Parsons' car is now pulled in behind the wall. It's been crunched in on the rear of the car, pushed back up toward the fuel cell of the car. Phil Parsons has lowered the window net. He's still got his helmet on. A lot of damage to the front of the automobile. Let's see if we can get a quick comment from Phil Parsons. Phil, an early day for you. What happened out there? 
I can't believe it. I mean, <laughs> we ran a qualifying race at Daytona and got taken out. We ran the 500 and got taken out. We ran, and, and here we got taken out on the third or fourth lap or something. I can't believe it. I, I, I don't know. Could you I, tell what happened in front of you? I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, somebody got sideways and we all stacked up in there. Uh, you know, no place to go. I just, I just can't believe it. Naturally Fresh came on board for this race. I want to thank them. And TriStar for giving us a chance. Well, I think it's, well, we'll have to get them at either Darlington or Talladega. That's Phil Parsons, understandably upset as he had a pretty decent car today. And Randy LaJoy apparently got a good chunk of that also. Randy was in a moment ago there doing some repair work on his car, and as he started out of pit road, a big piece of sheet metal just peeled back on the side of the car. We'll likely see him back on pit road here in just a moment. They're cleaning up over in turns one and two. And, Joe, did you see exactly what really started that? Well, there were a lot of cars stacked up behind Steve Kenzer, and from my viewpoint, it looked like the car directly behind him uh, got into the back of him, tagged him a bit, and shot him up into the wall. Again, there was a lot of traffic. Sometimes it's hard to see exactly what happens in these situations, but uh, he got turned sideways to begin with. Once he got turned sideways and took up about the top two lanes of the racetrack, everybody behind him just had to scatter and get away. And, of course, uh, in most of the cases like this, not everybody did. We've seen pit stops again for Kyle Petty. Billy Standridge in one more time. Here comes Brett Bodine having uh, gotten service from that team, and he's back on the racetrack. I hope this is not ep epidemic for this day. Two cautions in the first nine laps. We're now at lap number 12 under yellow with Dale Earnhardt leading. Let's establish that Steve Kinzer did walk from his race car to the ambulance. He has been given the ride to the infield care center, but he did climb from the car and walk to the uh, medical aid under his own power. Working caution, lap number 13 of 328 from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is MRN Radio. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, NASCAR is now to bring the... Uh, front end power sweeper down to turn one and two apparently Joe a lot of uh, Bondo a lot of little particles there on the low side of the racetrack that just couldn't sweep up any other way yeah not only that uh, all those cars that turned sideways scrubbed off a ton of rubber that's laying all over the racetrack here so they had to sweep all that off we're wearing a good bit of that up here where we're positioned just over the turn here but uh, there was a lot of little pieces of sheet metal that were thrown from that crash and might I say that it does you uh, justice you. You, you look very very nice out there now we've caught up with Steve Kenzer who just walked out under his own power. Steve, could you tell what happened out there? Uh, me and Brett just got together getting into one there and got me spun around. That's the word from Steve Kinzer. His heavily damaged Quaker State Ford has been brought back to the garage area. Heavy damage to it. Does not look like Rick Wren and the boys will be able to get it back on the racetrack. And if you join our broadcast in the last few minutes, we've had accidents take out at least four cars have now gone to the garage. Mike Wallace was the first on the start before he even got down to get the green flag to get the race going. He got caught up in an accident off turn number four, has sidelined that car for the day. The cars that will go out of this one, Jimmy Spencer, Phil Parsons, and Steve Kinzer. The three cars also that were involved in an accident that will be able to continue. Billy Standridge with damage to his machine. Dave Marcus is still out there with sheet metal damage along with Randy LaJoy. I was looking up in the uh, record book this morning. Uh, people were talking about back-to-back uh, -back wins as we have seen at many racetracks over the years. I didn't realize that not since Cale Yarborough won this event, the spring race at Atlanta, three years in a row back in the late 60s, no one has ever been able to win this event back-to-back. Uh, -back. Last year, uh, the win went to Ernie Irvin, and, of course, Ernie is uh, still recovering from injuries. He's not going to uh, uh, be in the race car today, although Alan Bestwick, you and I were talking earlier this morning. Uh, we see where Ernie might well uh, get a shot at uh, testing again before too much longer if things work out in, uh, in his master plan of life. Well, he's pretty itchy to go, Eli, and hoping that uh, at an upcoming test session very shortly he's going to be able to get back behind the wheel, still waiting to see 
when that's going to take place, but Ernie is certainly itchy and feels like it's time for him to at least try it and see where he stands. And speaking of that same scenario, Chuck Bowne, I know you are going to be climbing into a race car this week to see if all of your uh, problems, the uh, remaining uh, problems from the accident at Pocono last year have cleared up. We might uh, be saying goodbye to you on this broadcast before we uh, have gotten to know you all that well. Well, Eli, I've really enjoyed working with you guys, but I hope that is the case. I hope... Uh, I hope this is my last show, but I'm not sure time will tell. I am testing this Tuesday at Bristol, and I've selected Bristol because I think it puts more demand on eyesight than any track on the whole Wista Cup circuit. But I'm going to try to run a good couple hundred laps uh, this Tuesday. If things go well, uh, who knows, I may be at Darlington. Has it gotten to the point, Chuck, where you really just have to get out onto the racetrack to find out about the degree of recovery? Can you tell just by uh, hanging around the house that uh, everything is coming along to the point now where you're ready to go racing? Well, there's no doubt I can tell by symptoms hanging around the house that it's time to get back in one and give it a good, honest try. Uh, I did get in the car about a month ago at, at Richmond, and I only ran about a dozen laps, and I was seeing uh, very good. I really was. But now I want to go do a long, hard run, you know, say a couple hours, and make sure it's going to hang with me and stay good. And if it does, uh, I believe I'm ready to get back out there in competition. Barney certainly picked the right racetrack to yeah, test out Bristol. Say, there ain't no way. If you, if you can handle 200 laps at Bristol, you're ready to go racing anywhere, that's for sure. We're just about ready to go racing here very shortly as we are under the second caution flag of the afternoon, coming out on lap number 10. When it started down in turns one and two with Steve Kinzer getting into the wall up there, and then somebody locked it down behind him. That's the kind of accident you don't like to see. We've, we've been very fortunate this year. We've talked many times about somebody having a problem, everybody just driving right on by. We saw it didn't work that way today. Pace car behind the pit wall. Dale Earnhardt punches the throttle and comes down to the start-finish line. Green flag is in the air. Bobby Labonte is about as good on restarts as Earnhardt is. He rides second, and he locks onto his bumper in turn one. Labonte follows Earnhardt up into turn number one. First outside line uh, move is going to be back for about the seventh position. Derek Cope drops down, takes a look at Sterling Marlin, but here in turn two, he'll get back in line. Cope has to protect a move from Rusty Wallace. Rusty took a quick look around Cope's outside in the middle of the corner. Now in the back straightaway has to fall in line. They're single file all the way back through about the 30th spot. Kyle Petty, the man on the move, back at 30th position. After pit stops earlier, he'll try and pick up a couple of spots. Meanwhile, Dale Jarrett tries the outside against Morgan Shepard, middle of the field, while the front 15 are single file to one. Coming up into turn number one, Earnhardt's trying to get a little breathing room in front of Bobby Labonte, can't quite get away. Meanwhile, that 17th place battle still side by side. Morgan Shepard to the inside of Dale Jarrett off turn two. Jarrett is able to hold the spot for now. Shepard feels a little heat down to his inside. Comes Lake Speed in his car, also John Andretti making a move on Steve Grissom for a position. Now he tucks back in single file at the front of the field. Five Chevrolets, then the Ford of Ricky Rudd back in sixth place, then another Chevrolet in the form of Sterling Marlin, and then another couple of Fords right behind that pack over in turn two. And again, nobody stepping out of line. Being very patient here in the early stages after two fast caution flags. Single file through one, off two, and onto the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt, the leader. Bobby Labonte second, about two car lengths of empty racetrack. Then Darrell Waltrip in third. Jeff Gordon fourth. Terry Labonte fifth. Then the first Ford, Ricky Rudd, he's running sixth. Well, we've gotten ourselves a good run of green flag racing right now. Dale Earnhardt's taking the lap leader award away from Elmo Langley, the pace car driver. So that is a good start here after a hesitant beginning with a pure later 500. The leader, Earnhardt, back to turn one. Terry Labonte, the guy who's getting a little bit uh, shaky here, getting ready to step out of line. He's trying to get a run on the inside of Jeff Gordon. So far, can't do it. Ricky Rudd also beginning to rumble a bit. And up farther back, here's Rusty Wallace on the move. He drops out of the inside of the back straightaway, going up underneath Derek Cole. 
Cope's car. He'll open the door in three, but Cope is going to run him tough on the outside. That's a good battle for eighth position. There are three Fords locked up in that one. Wallace now to the inside. Cope on the outside. Here comes Mark Martin. He had thoughts of making it three wide for just a split second. He may do it down in turn one. Ricky Rudd on the outside lane back up towards the front of the pack looking to the, make a move here coming through turn number two. That ninth place battle again. Derek Cope's going to hold it off, but now it's Mark Martin and Rusty Wallace side by side. Rusty had to jump out of the throttle for a second. That allowed Derek Cope to get away and Mark Martin up to the inside and now the door is left wide open. Rusty's going to have to slam it before about seven other cars get underneath. Mark Martin works well coming off the corner. Nearly got the jump last time by and did make the pass before coming off two. Let's see if Bobby Hamilton can close the gap behind Mark Martin or whether Rusty Wallace can force himself back in. Hamilton can't do anything because they're stacked up double wide just ahead but now coming into one Rusty Wallace will sling around and grab the spot from Mark Martin. Now Hamilton's left to battle with another car off turn two. Challenge for the third spot. Jeff Gordon gets down to the inside of Darrell Waltrip in turn number three. Gordon goes to third. Here's Terry Labonte under Waltrip. Terry Labonte up, up alongside of Darrell Waltrip out of turn number four. They race door to door down to the start finish line and Darrell stands on the throttle. Terry won't be able to get him. Let's see if he can do it over in turn two. Ricky Rudd's on his outside flank this time coming into the corner and Terry Labonte can't get by him. Meanwhile a battle for the lead. Bobby Labonte's on the move. Takes a look down to the inside of Dale Earnhardt off the second corner. Can't get up underneath. He'll fall back in line. Single file in the second spot. Jeff Gordon now running third. Darrell Waltrip holds on to fourth. Now Ricky Rudd up into the fifth spot. Feels a challenge from Terry Labonte. Labonte running in the sixth place. Sterling Marlin goes seventh and two seconds back to Derek Cope in eighth. Rusty Wallace ninth and Mark Martin tenth. No change in the running order, though in the battle between Chevrolet and Ford, Ricky Rudd, the highest running of the Ford contingent, now works himself up into the top seven. 26 laps complete from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is MRN Radio. On the racetrack, you can only go as far as your engine can take you. It's the same on the highway. Making a run with a Detroit engine under the hood gives you the industry-leading fuel economy, reliability, and durability your business needs. The Detroit DD13, DD15, and DD16 engine solutions are specifically engineered to make a run as profitable as possible. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at DemandDetroit.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts today and pick up five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil for $28.95. Plus get a $10 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate and earn double O rewards points with your purchase. Protect your engine with Mobile One full synthetic motor oil at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, Bobby Labonte taking a lower groove than Dale Earnhardt, but it's Earnhardt who continues to lead the Purelator 500. He has led all of the first 28 laps. The lead cars now going around Randy LaJoy's automobile, putting him a lap down. That car had been loose much of the weekend, and then, of course, getting swept up in an accident earlier in the day has not helped that entry at all. So Randy LaJoy goes a lap down. Mike Wallace, Jimmy Spencer, Phil Parsons, and Steve Kinzer are the cars in the garage area here at lap number 20. 
39. Meanwhile, Bobby Labonte continues to hang with Dale Earnhardt. Every time they come through three and four, he'll stick the nose of the car out, breathe it a little bit as though he's going to make a pass on Dale, then just tuck back in single file as they hit the front straightaway. He's got a good handling car. He takes a look at him again over in turn two. Can't do a whole lot here. They're closing in on a lapped car as they come into the turn. Robert Presley just ahead as the leaders bypass him, both forced wide to get by Presley. Nose to tail now, the front two cars. Then you've got about a second or so back to Jeff Gordon, then about three seconds to Terry Labonte, who's now running fourth. Darrell Walchett, four five, car lengths farther back in fifth. Out of the corner again, Terry Labonte again drops down to the inside, still not able to do anything with Earnhardt. They're beginning to put more daylight on Jeff Gordon, the third place car, and even more on Terry Labonte, who rides back there along by himself also. Darrell Waltrip has now lost the draft a little bit, and Sterling Marlin as they all go over to turn two. Some of the best racing now going on from ninth on back. There you've got a parade of about five Fords in a row with a Chevy and a Pontiac following them. Derek Cope leads that bunch. Rusty Wallace all over him, and a great battle with Dale Jarrett and John Andretti. That's for the 11th spot as they come down the back straightaway. Andretti has the spot for now. Jarrett has tried him outside. He's tried him inside. They come into the middle of three and four. For now, Jarrett's going to ride his bumper. And Bobby Labonte getting even closer to try and grab the lead away from Earnhardt. Nearly had him here at the start-finish line. He drops down a little bit lower, coming into turn number two, looks for a chance, and does get the nose up alongside. Going for it, off turn two. But Earnhardt a little bit stronger off the top side of the banking, is able to hold on to the lead. Labonte has to fall in line, single file. Labonte getting through the center of the corners better than Earnhardt. He'll try it again, off four. Bobby Labonte can get a fender up there, but that's about all he can do. Here he comes out of turn number four with about a couple of feet of the fender underneath Earnhardt. Then he has to tuck back in, single file one more time. Meanwhile, Robert Press is in the pits. Let's see if we can get a report. Yeah, it looks like he's putting on four tires. Uh, he fell back and got lapped. One of the slower cars to track, and he just must not have liked that set of tires or made a big chassis adjustment, but he's off and away now, getting back into the race. Now Chuck, that car had been skating all over the racetrack. We'd been watching him up in three and four in front of Alan Bestwick over there a moment ago, and Alan, he was having a hard time even keeping it down anywhere near the center of the racetrack. Yeah, sure was, and even got tangled up with another car trying to come up off of four several laps ago. Not a good day so far for Presley. Meanwhile, Jeff Gordon has closed in on the front two in turn one. He was a second and a half back, and suddenly he's right up there making it a three-way battle. Bobby Labonte hangs on to the second spot, right up on the bumper of Earnhardt, and now Gordon within three car lengths. They flashed to the outside of Presley's car, just picking off speed, having come off the pit lane. Farther back in the pack, Derek Cope's going to lose a spot. Rusty Wallace dives to his inside. That opens the door for a couple of more machines. They come out of turn number four, back to the stripe, lap 34, now 35 on the board of 328. The front three cars now pulling away by some four seconds on Terry Labonte, who's running back and forth all alone. In fifth now behind him, he's another second and a half back. That's a Darrell Waldrop car. Behind him in sixth now, Sterling Marlin, Ricky runs seventh. Eighth is Mark Martin, and again, the great battling from ninth on back. Rusty Wallace has grabbed that spot. John Andretti behind him in 10th, and Dale Jarrett still in the mix there off turn two. Jarrett running in the 11th spot. John Andretti now has fallen to the 12th spot with Morgan Shepard 13th, Steve Grissom 14th, Kenny Schrader running 15th, Bobby Hamilton has faded back to 16th. And meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt has caught the tail end of the field and started lapping some cars over in turns one and two. He goes wide to get by the Billy Standridge car. Dave Marcus also directly ahead of Earnhardt, along with Bobby Labonte and Jeff Gordon all with him headed to turn three. Those two cars, Standridge and Marcus, damaged in that earlier accident now. So Marcus drops to the bottom of the racetrack, allows the leaders to sweep by to his outside in three. It really is beginning to spread out in a giant hurry here, this field. We told you about the front three cars. Let's get an exact time for you here as they come by the start-finish line, the first three. Then Terry Labonte, two and four-tenths seconds behind. Four seconds back to the Darrell Waltrip car. DW running well. The average speed of 107.998 miles an hour. 
rather slow, obviously, because of the early cautions. The leaders are in three. About a car length and a half. The advantage for Earnhardt on Bobby Labonte. Gordon has closed in on Labonte's back bumper down to a car length. I think Gordon picked up the tail end of that draft a moment ago as one reason that all of a sudden he gets up there. He had lost it for a moment. He'd fallen back a couple of seconds behind. He's getting even closer to Bobby Labonte as they go back into turn number one. 38 laps are up on the scoreboard. And Jim Phillips, what are we looking at as far as that first round of pit stops lap-wise? 60, 60 laps are better? About 60 uh, green flag laps is what uh, they told me be before the race. I talked to the Ford teams and the Chevrolet teams. Both uh, said about 60 is a good gauge on the first stop. Probably could go a little bit farther, but that's what we'll use as a gauge on the first stop. I checked on Derek Cope. He's, his car now is loose, running loose. Rusty Wallace's car just a little bit tied off the turns. That's been the characteristics of the Ford most of this weekend. Tied off a of turn four, but Derek Cope is loose. His car is backslid all the way to 12th position. Also, Steve Grissom's car not running nearly as well now as he would like. He is being bypassed back around 14th, 15th, 16th spot as he'll backslide just a bit as well. 39 laps are complete here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Dale Earnhardt has led since the get-go here. He's got some five car lanes on Bobby Labonte with Jeff Gordon running in third. Fourth spot belongs to the car of Terry Labonte. Fifth, Darrell Waltrip. Sterling Marlin is sixth. Mark Martin seventh. Ricky Rudd now up to the eighth spot with Rusty Wallace closing into the ninth position and John Andretti tenth. A lot of those cars beginning to work traffic here going through turns one and two back at the ninth position. Although Rusty Wallace got by John Andretti, he's not getting away from him. And Andretti still has got a worry behind him. Dale Jarrett's right up on the rear deck there. Jarrett getting a good run up off of the corner and onto the back straight away from turn two towards turn three, but is not quite able to find enough speed to get around Andretti. This time he's going to try the wide side. Tim Brewer said uh, this morning Andretti can have a good run here. He said we've had some good practice deals. He's beginning to feel this car out real well in Atlanta and is getting real comfortable. He's having a pretty strong run back there for the moment. Let's see if we can check in with Winston Kelly on the progress that I think Steve Kinzer went to the Enfield Care Center. Anything to report there, Winston? Yeah, Steve came out and we talked to him a little bit ago and said he and Brett Bodine just got together. He walked into the truck. A lot of damage to the car. They're not even working on it to get it back in. They are still working on Jimmy Spencer smoking Joe's car. A lot of damage to the right side. He hit flush over in turns one and two. Cecil Gordon, Travis Carter, and the crew still working on that car. And the Phil Parsons car, they're not running for points, so they're out for the day. Kenny Schrader's having some problems also. I've noticed that several cars have been able to get around him in the last four or five laps as we're looking at 42 laps complete here at Atlanta. Jeff Gordon has taken over second place in the Pure Later 500, having gotten around Bobby Labonte, and now they are leaving Labonte, Dale Earnhardt, the race leader, and Jeff Gordon, both trying to pull away by about three or four car lengths, maybe five from the third-place runner. We're still early, 45 laps into the Pure Later 500 from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is MRN Radio. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco.
at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. 47 laps in the books. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead as he has from the very beginning, but Mark Martin might now be the quickest man on the racetrack in turn three. He has just bypassed Sterling Marlin, then a couple of laps later, he's just gone around Darrell Waltrip, put Mark Martin on the leaderboard in fifth. And Darrell Waltrip's car continues to run just a little bit higher in both ends of the speedway. They've put enough laps on the tires now that they're beginning to give up just a little bit. Some of the cars that are dialed in a little better than others, Joe Moore, are still able to run that low groove, but the guys who have not hit the exact setup, car beginning to climb the banking a bit. Yeah, we're seeing some of the cars that early on were very strong, and now they're starting to go away a little bit. We talked about Dale Jarrett coming up to the pack for a while. Now his car starts to fall back a little bit. Also, Terry Labonte, who is right up there with a front two or three. Now he's fallen back to several seconds behind the leaders. So that's what they work here at lap number 49. The Mark Martin cars fifth, Darrell Walsh of sixth, Sterling Marlin seventh, Ricky Rudd running eighth. The scramble for ninth, though, is a good one. You've got Rusty Wallace ahead of John Andretti, Dale Jarrett, and Ken Schrader all tied together back in the corner. Single file with just a couple of car links between each of them coming back into the turn. This has been an ongoing battle all since the beginning of the race this afternoon. Changing positions, either Andretti or Rusty Wallace. Right now it's Wallace in command as they head to three. And while those cars are having a good race in and among themselves, the problem for them is they're a half a lap behind the race leader and Gretton farther behind. Now they're going to, if, if this race should stay green a lot today, we could see a lot of this field getting lapped the way Earnhardt and the rest of the Chevrolets are getting away at the front of the pack. Robert Presley is back on pit road yet another time. Let's go down for a report. Well, I'll go down there and check with Robert and find out just what is wrong with the car, even with four new tires. It was still running fairly slow on the racetrack. I would say he's got a ratchet problem or a shock problem or something pretty serious. It's not driving very good. Yeah, they were in about lap 33, and we're only in about lap 51 right now, and they're right back in. So they're working on the right side of the car, looking up in that right front wheel well as though maybe there is a shock broke or something underneath the machine. So we'll find out exactly what the problem is there. We were talking about some of the other teams making moves here. Kyle Petty moments ago made a nice move in and around Jeff Burton to work his way closer to the front. That's still middle of the pack for Kyle, now being posted in 24th. It was just not a real good qualifying run for Kyle. He lost almost eight-tenths of a second between what he had practiced and then his qualifying time. But this, of course, is a, a long enough day, a three-and-a-half-hour race or so, where if he can keep working on that race car, Kyle might have a chance to climb back towards the front. Boy, they have really... Everything that they have tried has not really helped that much on the car. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, I guess, down at Rockingham, it's like Kyle said, if we knew what the problem was, we'd fix it. But they're trying one thing at a time, hoping that will turn it around. Here's Dale Earnhardt coming out of turn number four. And to give you an idea how quick he's getting around here, he's caught Jeff Bodine, and it's one of the better forwards out there, and threatening to put him a lap down. Jeff shows all the way back in 32nd position, but he is being shown a lap down already. But uh, the way he's getting around here, Joe Moore, he's going to put a lot of cars down a lap here very shortly. Yeah, there he goes by Bodine. Bodine just got up out of the groove, let him slip by. One thing we're noticing is the uh, familiar sound of Sterling Marlin's car. First part of this season, it's been transferred to Darrell Waltrip's car. They must have uh, exchanged their exhaust systems. But DW's car is the one that sounds like an Indy car now. Sterling's car sounds like everybody else's. Here comes Jimmy Spencer's car now from the garage area. He'll be 43 laps down, but the Smoke and Joe's team is returning so that will leave Mike Wallace Phil Parsons and Steve Kinzer as the three retirees right now so a lot of work on the Jimmy Spencer car paying off he's back on the racetrack let's go to pit road we're in Mark Martin's pit with Steve Beal Steve it looks like the longer you run the better you get is that going to be your storyline today yeah it's going to have to be you know, we started out in 13th and got hung in some traffic Mark's pretty good right now them Chevrolets are awful strong and they got some advantage on us if we get a caution, we might mix it up with them, but right now we're pretty happy. 
That's Steve Meal, the crew chief for Mark Martin. I just talked to Jimmy Maycar, Bobby Labonte's crew chief. He said the car is just a little bit loose getting in and just a little bit tight getting off. That's the story on Bobby Labonte. Dale Earnhardt continues to wind his way around here. He's about to catch Todd Bodine up in the middle of three and four, and Bodine is on the lead lap. He would be one of the first cars, which is back at about 31st position, to go a lap down. Right behind Earnhardt continues to ride Jeff Gordon, and he's getting stronger every lap around. They're back in two. Gordon's up to within a couple of car lengths of Earnhardt and maybe looking for this opportunity. This heavy traffic that Earnhardt's about to catch is maybe his chance to make a move. They're off turn two. Perhaps the strongest man on the racetrack right now would be Ken Schrader, who started all the way back in the 29th spot without the benefit of any caution flags and pit road strategy and so on all under green he's worked his way all the way up to 10th caution on the speedway here at lap number 56 as debris has just come off one of the cars in turn number three it's about five feet up off the lowest lip of the racetrack right near the racing groove so nascar has thrown the caution for debris lap number 56 a break for many teams who needed some chassis work done learn hard is in daryl waltrip ricky rudd sterling marlin here comes bobby hamilton Jeff Gordon is in, Bobby Labonte, Dick Trickle, chassis adjustment for the Bobby Labonte car. In wheels, Jimmy Hensley into his pit stall. All of these cars, four Goodyear Eagles and Unical racing gasoline. Mr. Kelly. Greg Sachs gets four tires in gasoline, along with Michael Waltrip, Lake Speed, Kyle Petty, Bill Elliott had a little bit of a problem. The car off the jack. They're having the jack up the left side again on Bill Elliott's McDonald's Ford. There goes Jeff Purvis with four tires and gasoline now to Chuck Bound. Well, this caution is a real blessing for a lot of them. I think every car on the lead lap just came in and got four tires. But they've run almost 100 miles. They were going to have to pit for fuel pretty soon anyway. And a lot of them were about to go a lap down. It was a great opportunity to get in here and get some chassis adjustments, get some new tires on there, and go back at it. Field just came by the line. They got the indication. One lap will go back to green flag racing. Now the cars that are a lap down, it'll be down on the inside when they cut them loose, will be Todd Bodine, Jeff Bodine, and ironically, Brett Bodine. All three right. of them running what? 31st, 32nd, and 33rd, I believe. That's how they came onto the pit lane. Uh, they will come off now 32nd, 33rd, 34th, so they'll uh, swap the spots just a tad. But you're right. Uh, well, there's like 13 siblings running in the races nowadays when you've got all three Wallaces out there. Of course, Kenny Wallace not running here today, and Mike Wallace is already gone. But between the Waltrip brothers, the Labonte's, uh, three Bodines, last year I remember one race there were like 13 relatives out there running. Very much a family sport in the grandstand on the racetrack also. Getting to be that way, pretty much that way in a lot of the pit crews too. A lot of brothers are working down there. Pace car behind the pit wall. We're ready to watch the green flag go skyward one more time from Doyle Ford. He puts it up there. Earnhardt pops the throttle, heads for turn number one. Jeff Gordon will stay with him. So will Bobby Labonte. Those are the top three. Mark Martin back there trying to get a piece of that action also in turn two. Dodge Bodine's hopes of getting back on the tail end of the lead lap quickly gone away as all the leaders get by him using the outside lane. Terry Labonte, fifth in line. He's outside uh, Todd Bodine trying to get by on the backstretch. Now the top five clear that lap traffic. It is Earnhardt, Gordon, Bobby Labonte, Mark Martin, Terry Labonte. Next in line, Sterling Marlin still caught up in traffic. 
Here comes the field now out of turn number four, back towards the start-finish line. The leader is still Dale Earnhardt now. Jeff Gordon running in the second spot. They'll flare out behind them back to the corner. Gordon looked for a chance to get by and will try again in turn two. Here he drops down to the inside lane, gets a nose up alongside Dale Earnhardt. He's dead even with him off turn two. Drag race down the quarter mile back straight away. Gordon inside, Earnhardt outside. Advantage Gordon, lead Gordon in turn number three. Earnhardt will swing behind him and underneath in four. Pat the move for Dale Earnhardt. Let somebody get by, let him run in a little bit hard, drift up, and then come right back on him. But Gordon's not going to have anything to do with that. He comes right back on Dale Earnhardt. They almost touch going into turn number one. Drag race for the lead over to turn two. This time it's Gordon on the outside. They touch. They slip. They come up the racetrack. Here's Bobby Labonte on the attack. He gets by Earnhardt. He goes by Gordon. Bobby Labonte takes the lead. Earnhardt broke loose at the bottom of the racetrack. He and Gordon somehow able to stay running straight, but Labonte now out in front. Earnhardt's got to protect that third spot. Mark Martin wanted a piece of it, not able to get it. Give a competitor half an inch, and you'll go from first to third. Dale Earnhardt's in third, Jeff Gordon second, Bobby Labonte, the third different leader of the Purelator 500. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, 64 laps are complete. The first 62 were led by Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Gordon, by inches, led lap number 63. Bobby Labonte leading lap number 64. And I'll tell you something, Barney, that Bobby Labonte has shown a lot this year. Yeah, he's had a couple of spins, but he's managed to recover. He's had some outstanding finishes. He led, uh, what, some 62 laps, if I remember, at Rockingham a few weeks ago. Uh, he's going to be a very talented race car driver, already is, and he seems to be getting better and better. Yeah, he's getting a lot of confidence in himself and his ability and that team has expressed all the confidence in the world in the young boy but I'll tell you what he's paying attention on the racetrack he's taking advantage of situations and it's just like Dale Earnhardt there a moment ago he and Jeff Gordon were racing paying attention to each other Bobby Labonte saw that they were concentrating on take keeping the lead and he just swept underneath both of them and it worked they're back in turn two we're talking about Mark Martin coming up through traffic a little while ago he has lost two spots in the last few laps Terry Labonte got by him, and Sterling Martin also has bypassed Mark Martin. Martin is now in sixth spot. Rusty Wallace has just taken seventh away from Ricky Rudd off of turn number two, and Jeff Gordon is trying to get the lead away from Bobby Labonte. He's looked a couple times, but not able to get by. Nothing there. Can't make a move. The front four pulling away from fifth place. Sterling Marlin, the first of the Fords, running in sixth now. Mark Martin ahead of two other Fords in seventh and eighth. Everybody single file, marching back into turn number one. Again, Gordon right up there close with Bobby Labonte. It's five car lengths back to third place, Dale Earnhardt. Towards the tail end of the top ten, Darrell Waltrip on the move in the Western Auto Car. He took a peek down to the inside of Morgan Shepard on the back straightaway, but wasn't able to get it done. Now they come into three. Shepard again swings up a little bit wide, but not enough room for Darrell to get under. Morgan Shepard has got a good handling car, but nobody has got anything for the Chevrolets at the front of the pack, at least for the moment. It's the front four cars for Chevy's going back into turn number one. The leader right now is Bobby Labonte. Jeff Gordon rides second. They pulled away three car lengths from Dale Earnhardt, about a five or six car length stretch now. Back to Terry Labonte, and here comes Mark Martin one more time, heading for turn three. He is going to get the fifth spot away from Sterling Marlin, just dove underneath off of turn number two and pulled up ahead on the back stretch. So now Mark Martin once again in the top five. More repairs for Jimmy Spencer. He's back on the racetrack, 55 laps down. And one more time, here comes Robert Presley in the Skull Bandit for the attention of the team. Nope, he won't even bother this time he's going right to the garage area. So a tough start this year for Robert Presley in his first season behind the wheel of the Skull Bandit. The lead battle on the back stretch is a good one. Jeff Gordon took a look underneath Bobby Labonte off of the second corner. Labonte was able to hold on to the top spot. Here they sweep into turn number three. Labonte about a lane up from the bottom and Gordon in his tracks. And as Harry Gant used to say, the 
it's fun to watch those high school boys out there, and that's what's at the front of the field right now. Two of the young upcoming stars in NASCAR as they go back to turn number one. I think for the moment, Joe Moore, Earnhardt might just settle back and see how strong those two cars are. Yeah, you may as well let those kids fight it out amongst themselves. They don't have to worry too much. Terry Labonte not closing it a lot on him, but he's seeing quite a show up front. Jeff Gordon again peeks to the inside of Bobby Labonte off of turn number two. Now he dives for the bottom of turn number three. Gordon's going to run it into the corner hard, and he'll come out with the lead. So at lap number 71, Jeff Gordon will reassume the lead here in the Purolator 500. Dale Earnhardt and Terry Labonte close in. Terry Labonte, one of the hottest drivers on the circuit. He has won three of the last 11 events, dating back to late last season. It's a four-car battle in turn two. Here's Earnhardt dropping down to the lower line, taking a look underneath Bobby Labonte for a chance to get by. It's not there. He'll fall back in line in third. Four cars now in the lead group, then about half the distance of that back straightaway, so an eighth of a mile back to four Fords who are running. Four, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Everybody in line for now. It's a four-car breakaway at the front of the field, then a two-car draft back in fifth and sixth, and another two-car draft back in seventh and eighth as they work down the front straightaway and head back into turn number one. That front four looks like anything can happen up there. They're in turn two. For now, everybody stays single file among the front four. Those other pairings of two by two all stacked up single file. First side-by-side -side race back about 13th in the pack. Dale Jarrett takes a look underneath the Derek Cope car. Doesn't have the chance to get by, so that, too, goes back to single file. Making an all Chevrolet top five. Sterling Marlin running six. Just got by Mark Martin running fifth. So now Marlin in the Chevy up to the top five. Little smoke out of the back of the Randy LaJoy car. He will shut her down and coast back around towards the pit lane. He could be another retiree here in the Pure Later 500. Jeff Gordon continues to lead here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, while Robert Presley and Randy LaJoy are the two most recent retirees. Winston Kelly. Robert Presley just running about. Robert, been fighting handling problems. What's the problem on it? Well, just so loose right now. We're going to change a few springs be ready for when we come back to Atlanta in November. That's Robert Presley. They're going to kind of use this as a high-speed test session. Randy LaJoy is pulled behind the wall. We'll get a comment from him in just a moment. From the Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Seventy-eight laps on the board here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, and once Jeff Gordon broke away from the pack, he is getting gone, as they say in the South. One and one-tenth seconds, the advantage on Bobby Labonte in second, Dale Earnhardt third, and Terry Labonte fourth. Back to the garage, Winston Kelly. One of our Max Race Card Rookie of the Year challengers had a tough day. Involved in an accident, and then problems on the car. What happened early, and what finally put you out, Randy LaJoy? Well, there was an accident up front. I slowed up, was waving my hand, and... Uh, I guess a 19 car wanted to look at my credit card a little closer because he sure did clean me out in the back. He ain't checked up yet, and uh, they just put us in that wreck. And uh, it's too bad because uh, we had a pretty good race car. That's Randy Joy. He's out of it this afternoon. Randy's another one of those drivers that needs a little luck in his corner because he's had more than his share of problems in 1995. 79 laps come up on the scoreboard as they continue to chase young Jeff Gordon. Terry Labonte's coming up in a hurry right now. He may challenge Earnhardt for third place. Terry Labonte is right there on the red deck of Earnhardt, and Earnhardt hasn't given up in his chances to get by Bobby Labonte. Still looking for a way to get by that Chevy. He has peaked to the inside a couple of times on the back straightaway, but he's not quite able to muster up enough strength to get alongside. For now, it is Bobby Labonte, Dale Earnhardt, and Terry Labonte all nose to tail on the bottom side of turn four. 
Here they come out of the corner, back to the stripe. Lap 81 will go up on the board. One of the quickest cars on the racetrack right now, Greg Sachs. He made his way over the last number of laps around the Derek Colt car. He's gotten around the Mike Waltrip automobile. He is bypassing Dale Jarrett right now. So that car with the Sachs at the wheel has really, over the last, uh, let's say, 10 or 12 laps, maybe even a bit longer than that, become one of the quicker cars on the racetrack. They're being posted in 13th position right now. He's getting around this racetrack real strong. Up to 13th still on the lead lap, and we're looking back on the scoring monitor. They're still showing 30 cars on the lead lap as they work around here right now. The front three, well, actually the front four, just cross the line and go back into turn number one. Jeff Gordon putting a little bit more daylight on there. Mark Martin's been running hot and cold here this afternoon, and by that I mean that car really comes up in a hurry at times. Then it drops back, and then it comes up again. Jim Phillips has been down in that pit. Jim, what are they saying? Well, Clucker told me the first time down here, Barney, the longer Mark runs, the better he's going to get. That's going to be their scenario today. He started out, uh, got up there with the leaders, fell back a little bit. Now as we go a little bit longer, the green flag a little bit longer. Mark Martin getting better. He's moving up. He's first in class. He's the first forward. Had a little trouble, it looked like a couple of times, working the draft around some of the cars in the corners by himself. The car would run real strong, Joe Moore, but it looked like when he got in traffic, he had to come out of it just a little bit. Yes, it's going strong now, and he's left that pack uh, of uh, Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd to battle among themselves, and now he's starting to close in on the second, third, and fourth place cars. One of the better battles on the racetrack again has been Dale Jarrett trying to get back around Greg Sachs. We told you Sachs passed him a short while ago. Now as he washes up a bit in the corner, it opened the inside for a moment for the Dale Jarrett car coming out of turn number four. Dale Jarrett's really been slinging that car around here also. He is another one of the Fords. It's just they're not getting the bite in the corners that they really need. They want to go in there hard like they used to in the old days and make the car stick at the bottom, let it drift up a little bit in the middle, and then get back in the throttle and come off the corner. But Alan Bestwick, that's not being the case. If they go in there real hard, they almost have to stay out of the throttle just a little bit longer than the other machines. And the other side of that equation, Barney, is that the farther we run on a set of tires, the less grip that becomes even more. So while you might be able to stick it in there a couple laps, when you first go back to green, the car begins to get uh, uh, messier and messier, I guess we'll call it, as the run goes on. And airflow is a factor here, too, over these cars. And we automatically think Daytona and Talladega. But right now, with Jared and Sachs battling side by side, it's also getting the air a whole lot dirtier and Todd Bodine was asked about that whether airflow is as big a factor here as it is maybe out of Daytona or Talladega. The speeds of the Daniel Strayway is up close to 190 and and you don't think about it as a track like Daytona where drafting is important and and the air around the car is important but at Daytona you're not going a whole lot faster you know you got to keep it in perspective and and when you're out there racing somebody you got to realize that they're outside of you and they're going to take some air off your spoiler and you have to be prepared for it and do things to get your car right uh, it, it's kind of unusual that we can be going that fast in the corner when we run 70 degrees of spoiler at daytona you run 45 and you're going that fast so it's uh it's definitely a, a tricky deal it's a handling track it's aerodynamics and it's horsepower it's you got to have the whole package that's why bodies are so important here and and uh, you can you can really get messed up easy if you're not careful. Something you don't automatically think about when you come to Atlanta, but now we're at these speeds, Barney, 190 going into the corner. You got to start thinking the same way you do at the the giant super speedways. Well, anytime they get knotted up in a pack of traffic, we've heard a lot of the drivers say the accident that I was involved in happened when somebody got underneath me and took the air off my spoiler, and with a little bit of it chopped off here and the downforce going a little bit less than it normally was at Atlanta, it's awful easy to get one out of shape in these corners. It's just hard to believe how fast they are running off into the turns 
We talked to a lot of drivers uh, about that very situation, and they said, when you first get out there and come to Atlanta and get out there and practice the first time, you seem like you're running twice as fast as you did when you came here for the last race. But as, it, as you get out there and practice a while, you just get used to it. Terry Labonte making a run here at the line. This time on Dale Earnhardt, he goes underneath him down in turn number one. That could be for fourth place. Down to the inside goes Labonte, trying to get up alongside Earnhardt, but Earnhardt drives in a little bit harder in the outside lane, still dead even as the exit turn two. Earnhardt's car been sliding up in the middle of turns three and four the last several laps. Terry is trying to take advantage of that, but because he's in the high groove, Dale Earnhardt able to run into the corner a little harder. Still nobody gets the advantage, dead even in four. But midway between three and four, Labonte goes off the low side of the racetrack, and in his 479th consecutive start, Labonte grabs fourth place away from Dale Earnhardt, who's dropping back one more position. Let's go to Pitt Road. I just talked to Andy Petrie. He said Dale Earnhardt's car is tight from the middle of the turn off. Goes in the turn good, gets in the middle of the turn, and does not want to turn back like he wants it to. That's exactly what it looked like too, Alan Bestwick, up that most of the time that Earnhardt's losing ground, somebody's getting underneath him is right up in the middle of the corner. Well, it just becomes a matter of how quickly you can get back on the gas in the corner when they say the car doesn't want to turn. I mean, the car is still turning around the racetrack, but you just can't be under full throttle to get it as, fa as fast as you might be if it was handling ideally. So Dale Earnhardt having to wait that split second before he hammers the gas back to the mat than some of the other cars racing around him. And if you add that split second up over the course of five or ten laps, that adds up into yards of racetrack that you're losing. And to get put it in a further perspective, just remember the turns here are a half mile in length. That's as long as the entire Martinsville racetrack, the entire Bristol racetrack, the North Wilkesboro track. You take that whole track, and that's just how long the turns are here. And this is only a mile and a half speedway. So if you're not right in the turns, as we've said in the past, you're going to have yourself a long day. The interval now between first and second, just about an even three seconds as the leaders in turn three. Right now, Jeff Gordon all by himself. He'll be approaching a fairly heavy pack of lap traffic in about five or ten more laps. And Gordon got it on cruise control for the time being. 92 laps are complete. Jeff Gordon continues to lead the Purelator 500. Ricky Rudd is on the move. He'll grab seventh away from Rusty Wallace and will swap around the cars in the garage area. Robert Presley back on the racetrack, 37 laps down, and Jimmy Hensley may be heading that way. A lot of smoke from behind his car. He's not under power as he coasts back around to the front stretch. From the Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. It is pit stop time here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Dale Earnhardt, the fifth place runner, is in. Dale Eli, there's a problem for Mark Martin. He just came by us in turn one. The car noticeably off the pace. He's slowing, going down the back straightaway. Mark Martin is creeping along down on the inside line of the racetrack. Here goes Bobby Labonte by him to the outside. See if Martin's car is under power when he comes by. Does not sound like it. It's trailing a little wisp of smoke behind it. Could he have run out of fuel? You wouldn't uh, expect. Uh, you never know, though. Uh, they might have just cut it a little bit too short. Here comes the Lake Speed car in for service. Michael Waltrip is in. Here comes Jeremy Mayfield in for service. All of this at lap 118. Ted Musgrave is in. And here comes Mark Martin. Now to the attention of Steve Meal and the crew. Let's go down to the pit lane and see what the problem is. Here comes Martin into his pit stall. Jeremy Mayfield in front of him. Earnhardt's crew, a lengthy pit stop for them. 23.9 seconds. Dick Trickle is in. They go to work on the Martin car. They're just putting on the Goodyear tire on the right side. 
first ten of Unical gas is in. And now they're swinging around the left side. So evidently, Martin was out of gas. They're spraying ether in to the air cleaner. So Martin was definitely out of gas. Mark Martin out of fuel as they try to get him started and get him back out there. Winston Kelly. Lake Speed just leaves after four tires and gasoline. The Greg Sachs crew. Jeff Hammond goes to work on the right side. For the Kendall Pontiac, four tires and gasoline for Mark Martin. Jeff Bodine on pit road. Michael Walter got four tires and gasoline along with Todd Bodine as the leader is in front of Jim Phillips. Here comes Jeff Gordon to the pits. They're going to work on the right side. First ten of unit count gas is going in. Farther up the pit lane, Ricky Rudd is in. They're putting four tires on his machine. He's down and away. The Gordon team now comes around the left side. As in comes Bobby Labonte right behind him. The body screw is going to change all four tires. The pit board is out for Rusty Wallace. He brings his Ford into the pit stall. It's going to be routine service for Wallace also. Four Goodyear Eagles and a tank of Unical gasoline. And still watching Terry Labonte, I believe he would have been the leader. Now Terry is in the pit, so he will give up the lead as they service his car. Rusty Wallace is in. Let's check in with Chuck Bowne. Yeah, Morgan Shepard's in getting four tires. On the previous pit stop, he made an air pressure. His car was a little tight also, so they're working on it. John Antretti now will assume the lead as pit stops continue under green flag racing conditions. Terry Labonte is in. Darrell Waltup having made his stop. We've got Bill Elliott on the pit road right now. Likewise, Davey Jones in. Dave Marcus's car. Again, Robert Presley in for service. All of this under green flag racing. Presley going back to the garage area. Again, if you're joining us late, he was involved uh, with an ill-handling race car throughout the early stage of the day. They finally parked the car and said, we're just going to give up on this day and try to work on some new ideas for the race here in November. Here's John Andretti down pit road to the attention of Tim Brewer, Red Dog, and the rest of that crew. They'll hand the lead back over now to Darrell Waltrip, who'll take the top spot of the Purolator 500 down to the Andretti pit. That's kind of been tradition on a Tim Brewer-led team. They always get that good gas mileage. Nothing's changed with Andretti as a driver and a new team. Brewer's still the chief. They still get the good mileage. And Waltrip, traditionally over the years, his teams have gotten good gas mileage. Four Goodyear tires. They fill her up with gasoline. John Andretti is down, and he is away. And the leader, Darrell Waltrip, will make his pit stop now in the Western Auto car as he brings it down pit road. And Brett Bodine is back in in the Lowe's car one more time. Dave Marcus also taking advantage right now to get in uh, and uh, make a pit stop on his car. Remember, all these stops are coming under green flag conditions. That'll give Kyle Petty the race lead now. Kyle has yet to make his pit stop. So if you're keeping tabs at home, Kyle will pick up five bonus points for leading lap 123. He is the last car on the lead uh, sequence here to yet make a pit stop. As soon as Kyle comes in, that will hand the lead back over to Jeff Gordon, and we will have cycled back around. I want to talk a bit more about the Mark Martin situation, Jim Phillips. Uh, maybe we can find out from Steve Meal. Was it the fact that on their first pit stop back on lap 57, they just didn't get the car full, or are they, for whatever reason, reason using more fuel than uh, most of the others to uh, have run out uh, a lap before their calculations? Well, traditionally, I'm talking about tradition again, but the Ford does not get as good a mileage as the GM product. That's what it's been in the past. But a lot of times, a situation like this happens. The team just does not get the container full of fuel, the fuel cell. So that probably is what happened with Martin. They didn't get it as full as they wanted. We'll ask Steve Meal right here. Steve, ran out of gas. Was that a little bit more than you expect a little earlier, or what happened? Yeah, we, we asked him to come, and he said, want to run another one and run out of gas going into one. So 
sometimes you take chances. You know, the Chevrolets are so strong, we're going to have to pull a rabbit out of a hat. We got caught right there, but we'll be okay. That's Steve Beal. Kyle Petty, who had had the lead, well, he, he's given it up now, but he had given it up even before peeling off the banking to bring his car onto pit road as Jeff Gordon had just swept back around him there a moment ago. Kyle is in for his pit stop. Let's cover it. Crew goes to work on the right side of the car. Mike Ford pumps it up. Gary Swite stuffing in the Unicow gasoline. Scott Kaluka and Jim Sutton changing the right side rubber. Now they wheel around to the left side of the car. Kaluka now pulls off the front tire. Brad Parrott on the rear tire. Looks like a good stop for Kyle Petty and the crew. 19.31 seconds, an excellent stop. Kyle Petty down and away, and I think you said he led a lap there a moment ago, and if my calculations are correct, I believe that'll be the first time that Kyle has led a lap this entire year. I think they had him, I saw a sheet somewhere down in the press room that said he had not led a lap this year. Right, so he did lead lap number 123 through 125, and he will uh, pick up the five bonus points for doing just that. Again, Jimmy Spencer coming back out of the garage area. Can you talk about Kyle Petty? Uh, he said during the offseason that he was trying to take a different approach to this 1995 campaign, and even though it hasn't been a spectacular start to the season necessarily, he said this week he's still trying to do that, take a different approach to the season. Yeah, I think it's a lot different approach for me, and this is kind of the way I look at it is, you know, I, I've driven, I drove at my father's shop and pretty much I worked with Mike Beam and worked with a bunch of guys there, but we all worked together. Uh, then I went to drive for the Wood Brothers and I knew I didn't know anything about driving a race car or, or working on cars and stuff. So I really listened to those guys and, and learned a lot from those guys. And now I listened to Gary Nelson when he was there and learned a lot from him. And when Robin was there and learned a lot from him. And, you know, sometime over the winter, I woke up and said, look, I've been listening to all these guys that are really, really smart. Maybe I need to try to, to exert a little force here and try to lead some and try to be in front a little bit. And, you know, it's more, it's more for me, it's more a thing of, of taking over and trying to control your own destiny. Where I've been just been another member of the team and been a follower, uh, I'm going to try to be a little bit more of a leader. Thoughts of Kyle Petty as he now is one of only 12 cars on the lead lap here at the Purolator 500. We mentioned moments ago, Jimmy Spencer's back on the track. He is now 74 laps down, but continuing to pick up whatever Winston Cup points he can. Jeff Gordon, though, remains as the race leader, and he hides himself with a comfortable advantage now on second place, Terry Labonte, as we work the mid-stages of the Purolator 500. From the Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Nine cars on the lead lap here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Earlier, Darrell Waltrip was one of those. He's not any longer. Winston Kelly. Darrell looking under the hood of his car. DW, can you tell what happened to it? Uh, something fairly serious, I can tell you that. Uh, looked like we lost a cylinder here uh, somehow or another with a rocker arm, or I'm not sure what it is just yet, but we had a problem at uh, Rockingham, and it seems very similar to what happened there. So just have to see if we can fix it and get back out. Three-time winner here at Atlanta, Darrell Waltrip, the Western Auto Colors, out of the race. 
201 laps have just gone up on the scoreboard. 328 will make up the Pure Later 500 this afternoon. For Jeff Gordon, this is one of those days that don't come along very often, but when they do, you really enjoy it when you got the field at this stage anyway, totally outclassed the way he's getting away from everybody. Never get the feeling this young man's going to have a lot of these kind of days. Uh, it's a very, very talented race team. Ray Evernham, an awfully fine crew chief who himself was a driver in his early days, then went on to work for Jay Signori at the IROC shops, the International Race of Champions. Now, of course, with Hendrick Motorsports and the DuPont team, it's a very, very impressive group of fellows. That's the race leader right now, Jeff Gordon, with Terry Labonte second. Third is Bobby Labonte. Fourth is Sterling Marlin. Dale Earnhardt running in fifth. If you're just joining us, Earnhardt led the first 62 laps. Has not been to the point since then. Running in the sixth position, you've got Morgan Shepard. Seventh now is Ricky Rudd over Dale Jarrett, who runs in eighth. Last car in the lead lap in ninth is Ken Schrader. Then those one lap down are Rusty Wallace in tenth. Rick Mast, eleventh. 12th now, again only one lap down is Dick Trickle, John Andretti is 13th, and Derek Colt running in 14th. So really, only five cars, one lap down, everybody else is two or more lap down. This mid-race update brought to you by STP. For over 50 years, consumers and racers alike have chosen STP performance additives more than any other brand. Drive a better car with STP. Let's go to pit road. Now I'm down here in the Terry Lavani pit. Terry's running second. Uh, you're having a great day. You won last week at Richmond, but can you do anything with Jeff Gordon? No, Jeff's pretty strong right now. We messed around here and got a little bit loose. And we'll get adjusted up in just a little bit and we'll be better. Okay, that's uh, Terry Labonte's pit. I think that's what everybody's waiting for is maybe a caution now would help some of these teams to get them in there and make, have a little more time on pit road to make a few adjustments on the cars. But I don't know what they're going to do yeah. to adjust to catch Jeff Gordon the way he's going here this afternoon. Now, Earnhardt's car, obviously, earlier was as quick as anybody out there. So you can see in the turns that it's not handling like it should. And to make sure our turn announcers are still awake out there, Alan Bestrick, that is one of the problems. Some of these guys, if they could get in there and make the right adjustment, get the car kind of dialed into this racing surface as the temperatures kind of fluctuated a little bit, they will be a lot better. But whether they'll be good enough, who knows? Well, and, and conditions are changing as we speak, Barney. There's a cloud cover that's come across. It's not a, a heavy cloud cover, but right now the sun is behind a cloud, so the track is cast in shadow, at least in turns number three and four. And even that subtle temperature change will affect how the race car handles. If your car is tight, it's going to get even tighter on you. So guys who are having trouble getting through the corners a while ago, like Bobby Labonte, for example, kind of probably hoping that the sun's going to come back out and light up this end of the racetrack again, which will help them get through the corners a little better. Have a change now for the fourth spot. Talking about Dale Earnhardt a second ago. He has run back down the Sterling Marlin machine and just swept around him on the backstretch. So they're separated by a car length and a half now going through turns three and four. Jeff Burton has taken the Ray Bestis car to the garage area. Remember we heard earlier a suspected engine problem. Chuck had talked to Dewey Liven good down on the pit lane, and they have now taken that car to the garage. He would be the 10th retiree of the day as Mike Wallace has just taken the Heilig Myers car back onto the racetrack again. He is now an even 200 laps down. Again, having not taken the green flag, he was on the garage area for about 154 laps before coming out and now finds himself some 200 laps in arrears. And I think we may see some more pit stops, seeing a little activity up and down pit road. And Jim Phillips, I think they've been, what, about 56? 58 laps since they were in there last time, so it won't be much longer, will it? I figured between 2.12 and 2.15, you'd see the front runners in. Uh, Jeff Gordon probably 
in that range between 2.12 and 2.15. Jeff Gordon's lap times haven't fallen off that much. I put the stopwatch on him a couple of times after a 20 and 25 lap run, and he had fallen off maybe a tenth of a second from what he was after with brand new tires on there. His lap times right now still within a couple of tenths of what he's been all day long. I just got the stopwatch going myself with one of these fancy things that makes us sound smart, though we aren't really, you know, the one that converts the speed to the, uh, the time and speed automatically. So we'll see what Jeff is doing speed-wise here as he comes around the next time. Here comes the first of uh, the pit stops now under green. Steve Grissom will be coming onto the pit lane to the attention of Buddy Parrott and the crew. Lap 209. Here's Jeff Gordon now. His last lap, 173.08 miles an hour. So about 12 miles an hour off the pole speed set by Dale Earnhardt, but that's totally that is totally expected at this stage of the afternoon. Pitch stops underway for many of the lead cars in front of Jim Phillips. Yes, they are. And a tough break for Dick Trickle. They put the left front tire on. Low, no leg nuts. It fell off. Bobby Labonte fit in. He's got four tires. And Unical Gasoline, Rusty Wallace is in. Dale Earnhardt has been in. Four tires, Unical Gasoline at 18.9 seconds. The trickle car still sitting out in the middle of the pit lane. The Gordon crew is over, trying to keep them over out of the way because here comes Jeff Gordon down the pit lane. You're on lap 216. Ray Everham is out directing traffic to try to keep the trickle crew from getting involved with this pit stop. And the Gordon crew goes to work on the right side of his Chevrolet. The trickle crew cannot get the jack underneath the car. Now they've got a jack out, and they're going to lift the car up now so they can get the left front tire on. But a tough, tough break for Dick Trickle. Now here comes Sterling Martin. He swings past the trickle car. Jeff Gordon's pit stop, 19 seconds flat as Sterling Marley gets four tires and Unical gasoline. Boy, you talk about total frustration. I can assure you Bud Moore's guys right now are really frustrated. That doesn't happen to that team very often, but when it does, there's not much you can do about it. Uh, looks like they, did they get, ever get the jack under it? Jim, is the car still sitting there? Uh, yes, they did. They're trying to pull the left front fender off the tire that they put on. When, when the tire came off, it ripped the left front fender away, and the, the car fell down on it, actually, and it's uh, still rubbing the tire, so they don't want to go on the racetrack here in Atlanta running that fast with a tire rubbing. It almost looked like as he pulled out of the pit and that wheel came off, he might have tagged uh, Bobby Labonte's car, I believe, was sitting there. Couldn't really tell whether the wheel just flipped over toward it or he got to it. We'll look at Bobby's car as he comes by toward the tail end. It looked like he might have caught the right rear of it, but I don't see any wrinkles in that car as it goes by. But a frustrating deal for Bud Moore's team. During the sequencing of pit stops, Morgan Shepard led for a lap, then Terry Labonte briefly. Now Jeff Gordon leads again. Let's go to Winston Kelly. Jeff Burton has just crawled out of his four. Jeff, it was a pretty decent afternoon there for you until it came out. What happened? Well, I tell you, we really haven't been running that good this year. I think a lot of it is because most of the people that had Hoosiers last year just aren't running good this year. It's a totally different feel, and uh, none of us have really got the chassis where they need to be. Uh, you know, we, we were just trying to learn, kept fitting and changing stuff and trying to get better, and we were getting better. Uh, then I guess it broke a head, broke a head or uh, broke a valve, and then it busted the head. Something like that happened. But I need I need to say, early in the race, I got, I got in the back of Mike Wallace on the start of the race. Everybody, everybody got checked up, and I want to apologize to everybody with the Holly Myers deal. It was just everybody got checked up, and the people person behind me hit me, and I hit Mike, and you know, just a chain reaction deal. 
Just one of them things, Jeff, Jeff Burton being very honest about what happened out there. He had motor problems in the Raybestos brakes forward. He won't finish as good as he did last year, which was a fourth. Here's Kyle Petty bringing his car into the attention of his crews. It should be a scheduled stop. They'll change four tires on him, dump in a tank of Unical fuel, and send him back onto the racetrack as the leader sweeps across the line. Jeff Gordon goes back into turn number one. The interval between himself and the second place car, it is a big one now. It is. We're going to have to uh, get the stopwatches going again. We can tell you definitively, though, that that uh, miscue on the pit lane cost Dick Trickle and the Bud Moore team some four laps by the time they got the car back up on the jack and so on and took care of that sheet metal problem that Jim was telling you about. The uh, differential now from the leader, Jeff Gordon, to second place Terry Labonte, is about as long as it'll take you to read some newspapers sometimes. It's right about 10 seconds. I mean, it is a long, long lead after the pit stops have been made. And I don't think, Alan, that he's bobbled one little iota all day, Jeff Gordon. He has really impressed me in traffic, Eli, when he's gone to lap cars and so on. Sometimes the lap cars haven't seen him coming, haven't been given the heads up by their spotters, perhaps, whatever it might be. But he's been able to make his move around them whenever he needed to and wherever he needed to, including one time I remember him going three wide on the back straightaway to get around a couple of cars who were racing side by side. And really, so far, a flawless afternoon for Jeff. 222 laps are on the scoreboard. 328 will make up the Pure Later 500 here this afternoon. And Chuck Brown, we said a moment ago, there are not many days in a driver's career that he gets a car hooked up as good as Jeff Gordon does here at Atlanta this afternoon. But when you do get a car dialed in like that, you can embarrass everybody, can't you? Well, he's doing exactly that. You know, he's not that far from lapping the eighth place cars even. He's just really been putting on a performance all day long, and I don't think it's going to go away for him today. Can you be lulled into a, uh, almost into a sleep kind of because the car is running that easily and that well? Do you have to work to stay alert? Well, I think he's catching him and going by everybody so fast, that probably keeps him pretty much awake. 223 laps on the board of 328. The folks at Wix Filters want us to pass along to you this car care tip. 8989. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, Jeff Gordon leads. Terry Labonte is in second spot. Dale Jarrett runs in third. Bobby Labonte goes in fourth. And fifth spot belongs to Sterling Marlin. Great scramble, though, for third up in turn three. Earnhardt has it. Labonte wants it. He had a move underneath Earnhardt on the back stretch. A lap car was in the way. They get around the lap car. Here he goes again to the inside. And again, Earnhardt's car kind of washes up toward the middle of the corner, coming off the turn. And Bobby Labonte is able to get a position on him. They'll race door to door back into turn number one. We'll follow it for just a second. And it looks like Bobby Labonte is going to get the spot from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is MRN Radio. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, Jeff Gordon continues to lead comfortably now. Has got a quick glimpse of some smoke coming off the left rear of the Davy Jones car. Almost looks like he might have uh, traded some sheet metal with somebody. and has a little tire rub there on the left rear of his car, but he continues to run right now in his first ever glimpse of the Atlanta Motor Speedway. He's running in 26th. You know what's really strange? Jeff Gordon is leading. Dale Earnhardt has been having a good battle for that third position, uh, swapping it back and forth. And... Were you wondering what's wrong with his car? I mean, he's 15 seconds behind the leader. Dale Earnhardt uh, is running in third right now. Jim, is he? Is, are they still off a little bit, or is Jeff Gordon just that strong that he can uh, pull away 15 seconds on Earnhardt, who's running third or fourth here as he swaps spots around? Well, let's ask Andy Petrie. Is Jeff Gordon just that strong, or are you just still off a little bit? Uh, he's definitely 
definitely strong, but we're, all, we're still a little bit off. And, uh, we'll keep making some changes. Maybe we can get a little better by the end. So they're hoping still to make some changes to try to get the car better. Same scenario that we had before. Tight right in the middle of the turn and as he comes off. 232 laps posted on the board. 328 make up the Pure Later 500. And again, as we look at the scoring monitor here in our booth, eight cars now being posted on the lead lap with Jeff Gordon, the leader, Terry Labonte riding second. Bobby Labonte hangs on to third. Dale Earnhardt solidly in there in fourth. Sterling Marlin is fifth. And a couple of Fords are still on the lead lap back there. In sixth position, Morgan Shepard. Been a good racetrack for Morgan here over the years. Then comes Kenny Schrader in seventh. The other Ford that is still being shown on the lead lap is Dale Jarrett. We talked about the Rookie of the Year battle a bit earlier today when Randy LaJoy's car finally went to the garage. He had uh, earned himself a tie in Rookie of the Year points with Ricky Craven after last weekend, and, and Ricky wasn't quite sure how he was going to do here today because this was not really a great racetrack for him in the Bush Series days. Uh, they only ran the Bush cars here once a year for the last handful of years. He finished 17th last year. Looking in the book here, he was 30th two years ago and wrecked. He wrecked in 1992 as well, but having a good run today, keeping the nose clean. He's running in 14th, and Waddell Wilson, I was talking with him in the garage this morning, and he said, uh, you know, you can tell it took him a while to dial in the car here. He said, whereas at Rockingham, when Craven ran so very well, Waddell said he took the car immediately and got into it. So uh, I think it's a learning experience, but Craven's going to be a good one, but he and Randy LaJoy right now are the pretty spirited Rookie of the Year battle. Yeah, Ricky Craven's really got into this business. He didn't really, you and I talked to him last year, and at the time when he took the ride with uh, Waddell Wilson and that team over there, he didn't really want to come Winston Cup racing. He told you, and I think he told yeah. myself, I, I could stand another year in Bush, but it was just too good a deal for him to turn down. But he's, turn, he's turned it around, and he told me the other day, I said, do you still think you made the right decision? And he said, oh, yes, there's no question about it now. He said, I was kind of skeptical because I know the pressure over here is three times what it is in Bush racing, and he said it's every bit of that, but I can handle it. Another fellow who's smiling this weekend after uh, not even showing last week was uh, Steve Grissom. If you were with us in Richmond, you know that that team failed to qualify for the Pontiac 400 a weekend ago, but Steve is back here this weekend running a very solid 16th at this point. He is a couple of laps down, but he says every time every day at the race track or at the race shop he is learning something new from uh, the crew chief buddy parrott what makes him so good steve well i think it's mostly his experience and uh you know he just uh, brings a lot of respect with him i know when he talks i listen and i think uh, about all the guys in the shop do the same thing so uh you know if nothing else he has everybody's attention and then from that uh, you know he's a good communicator he listens to you what you say and this, you know, you feel, make you feel like you've got the input into the car, and then he makes his decision from that, and uh, so far we've tickled to death. Davy Jones is in now for a pit stop, and it looks as though they're working on that left rear. We had talked about, uh, we thought we had saw, we saw some smoke coming out of that area, the car chucked bound, and it looks as though they're kind of prying that sheet metal away from that Goodyear Eagle. Yeah, it didn't really look like any damages on that left rear. There is one piece of white duct tape, but... Uh, I'm, I don't think it was rubbing too hard, but they must have been in question, so they brought an input on left sides only. 
Jeff Gordon out of turn number two and down the back straightaway has a big interval back to Terry Labonte and more than a straightaway. And they're looking to see how much the interval was between Terry Labonte and his brother Bobby who rides third. That's a pretty good gap also, Alan Bestwick. Yeah, sure is. It's a couple of seconds anyway. Closest thing to a race on the speedway now, at least among the cars on the lead lap, would be for the seventh and eighth spots. Kenny Schrader and Dale Jarrett there. They've got about a car length of empty space in between them. Jarrett was up on Trader's back bumper a while ago, but now they've been in some pretty heavy lap traffic, so they've kind of settled into line to ride for now. But now with 90 laps to go, it's a 12 and a half second lead for Jeff Gordon. Ladies and gentlemen, a few words from Mr. Dale Earnhardt's Chevrolet Monte Carlo regarding 76 racing fuel. When we left you on the commercial break, which was roughly a minute and a half ago, it was a 12 and a half second lead for Jeff Gordon. In the span of the messages that you just heard, the lead is now 13 and 3 tenths seconds. I mean, that's that's almost uh, remarkable to just be able to pull away like that. Of course, there is a good bit of attrition today, so there are not as many cars on the racetrack to deal with right now as there have been in other races. But nevertheless, it doesn't matter to Jeff Gordon. He's just whipping around this racetrack now. Still eight cars on the lead lap. Two cars are one lap down. Five cars are two laps down. That is well, most unusual, but that's the story right now here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Pit stops for some. Billy Standridge is in. He'll come in here at lap number 245. The way it's shaping up, Jim Phillips, barring obviously the unusual, uh, it looks as though numbers-wise, uh, fuel is not going to be anybody's problem here today. Take, go 60 laps on this run. That would make 52 laps to go, and that would take all that uh, out of the picture. So I'm sure that's what they've got in mind. They'll probably be a little bit conservative on this stop, and they won't have to be conservative on the next stop at the end of the race. So if they go 60 laps, they've got it home free. A lot of the guys were uh, kind of complaining when we first came in here about taking a little bit off the spoiler and also raising the nose of the car, raising the front air dam up a little bit. The cars might not handle as well. And they're talking about the speeds here in Atlanta where they approach going into the corners better than 190 miles an hour. But I don't think anybody's had that much problem today with the cars, the way they're getting around here, especially Jeff Gordon. I asked Darrell Waltrip yesterday, I said, we sit up there in the booth and watch you guys go around. And you can tell that they are really whistling when they go around this racetrack. You're a mile and a half and you're running straightaway speeds of well over 190 miles an hour. Where do you feel the speed? Where does the driver feel the speed? The biggest difference is, uh, uh, Barney, is how long you're off the gas. I mean, you know... If you're off the gas a long time in the middle of the corner, you know you're probably not running all that fast. I mean, you're running fast, but not terribly fast. The way the cars are right now, the tires and the racetrack's all been repaved and everything, you're on the gas almost all the way around the racetrack. You just barely burp the throttle, and you're right back wide open again. We know from experience the gears we got in the car, the kind of horsepower these motors have got, we know we're flying when we do that. Can you imagine running around this racetrack wide open with no. the kind of horsepower these guys have? I can't imagine that. But again, going off into the turn at 190, they had a speed gun out here at 192, 193 going into the corner. That's remarkable. 16th place runner is on pit road. They get four tires, fill him up with Unical gasoline, send John Andretti back on the racetrack here on lap 249. That team's come along pretty well here in its infancy. Uh, interesting sidelight to all of that. That's the team that's owned by uh, Carl Haas and Michael Cranifus. Cranifus is the former head of Ford Motor Company's uh, worldwide motorsports. He was saying that he was going to South Africa to speak at a convention where he's going to discuss American motorsports and its importance to 
the automotive industry in general. He said there's not a place in this world now that NASCAR Winston Cup racing, NASCAR Bush Series racing isn't being held up as the sanctioning body, the way to operate, even in areas where Formula One or touring cars or Formula 3000 making their name in Johannesburg and so on. He said even with all of that, he said they're looking for people who are familiar with NASCAR and how it works to make the keynote speeches at conventions and so on. And, and Michael's heading over to Sun City uh, here in a couple of weeks uh, to speak there. And one of these days we're going to have some tracks worldwide, I think, in Japan. Mm -hmm. Somewhere down the road, a lot of people say that's far-fetched now, but I can see it in the future, maybe not in the next four or five years, but you'll probably be broadcasting some races in Japanese maybe. one of these days. Oh, so. With a couple of chopsticks in one hand. And, and a plate of sushi on the left. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that. 251 left on the board. <laughs> 328 that make up the total distance here. Let's give you the uh, update here at lap 250. Eight cars on the lead lap. 32 of the 42 starters still running with Jeff Gordon leading uh, he has led 175 laps today there have been seven lead changes among six drivers four caution periods for a total of 22 laps and now since our last caution at lap 149 well over 100 laps ago we have seen the average speed start to creep up to 148.571 the record speed here was set in March of 1990 Dale Earnhardt at 156.8 right now we're at 148 Point five. Those cars on the lead lap, Jeff Gordon, Terry Labonte, Bobby Labonte, Dale Earnhardt, Sterling Marlin, Morgan Shepard, Ken Schrader, and Dale Jarrett, those eight cars. This mid-race update brought to you by Sports Image. Remember, if you want the Earnhardt image, you need to think of Sports Image, the officially licensed supplier of Dale Earnhardt, GM Goodwrench Service, and Chevrolet Racing Apparel. You can get the complete color brochure by calling toll-free 1-800-342-7612. 254 laps, 328 will make up the distance this afternoon in the Pure Later 500 here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Young Jeff Gordon continues to just drive around here like he's out on the interstate, just catching traffic and pulling out in the fast lane and going on around the speedway as he continues to put more and more distance between himself and the second-place car of Terry Labonte. And Bobby Labonte, who rides third right now, more than a straightaway behind. Dale Earnhardt is still fourth, and Sterling Marlin is fifth. Later on in today's broadcast, Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, will be selecting the Mechanic of the Race Award. The top NASCAR mechanic will receive $2,000 from Western Auto. Current point standings after the Pontiac 400. Tony Glover leads. He's the crew chief for Sterling Marlin Chevrolet. Steve Meal is third. He's the crew chief for Mark Martin's Ford. Andy Petrie is third. Of course, he's the crew chief for Dale Earnhardt. What was it, about five minutes or so ago? I said the, the lead was up to 13 and 3 tenths seconds. Maybe it was seven minutes ago, something like that. It's now 15 and a half seconds. Jeff Gordon by 15 and a half seconds on Terry Labonte, who is running a very solid second place. I mean, Labonte's not uh, putting on a slack performance here today, but Jeff Gordon's got him by 15 and a half seconds now within sight of the finish. Six cars remain on the lead lap here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Five Chevrolets and Morgan Shepard and a Ford running in sixth. At this moment, the closest battle shaping up potentially could be the brothers Labonte. Just one and two tenth seconds, Joe, between the two in turn one. Terry's in the second spot. Bobby is in the third spot. And Bobby has shut down the distance between the two over the course of the last 10 or 12 laps. He's now probably within a second of catching his older brother. 
They work down the back straightaway and into turn number three. They have the lap car of Jeff Bodine just ahead of them. In the meantime, Jeff Gordon just continues slicing his way through the field. I tell you, it's been a long time since I've seen a car hooked up like Jeff is here. It was probably Earnhardt some four or five years ago that they had the handle on the car, much like Jeff has today. He is just working his way around here, no problems whatsoever. He hasn't been that close to any of the accidents that they've had out there. If you joined our broadcast late, we had quite a few cars that have gone out due to accidents early this afternoon. Randy LaJoy went out due to an accident. So did Steve Kinzer, Phil Parsons, Jimmy Spencer, and Mike Wallace. Jeremy Mayfield, Michael Waltrip, and Jeff Purvis all got tangled up going off down the back straightaway a little bit early this afternoon, putting all three of those cars behind the wall. Jeff Bodine, Darrell Waltrip, and Jeff Burton out due to some motor problems here this afternoon also. And Jim Phillips, uh, they will make another round of pit stops. And after that, I don't think they'll have any problem going the distance. Any indication if this race stays green when they'll make them? Let's find out from Ray Everham. See if we get a word from Ray. Ray, what's your next pit stop? Well, it can come anytime after lap 265. We'll be able to finish, so we're just going to watch and see what everybody else does. Probably 265 to 280. Has your car changed at all today? Looks like it's getting better. No, it's, uh, it's been about the same, you know, a little different here and there on different sets of tires, but Goodyear brought us a real good tire back here, and it seems to suit our chassis setup. It really does. With Ray Everham, a crew chief for Jeff Gordon. There's the understatement of the day right there. Well, we're within the window that Ray was talking about. We've just gone to lap 265. Here come Ted Musgrave and uh, Brett Bodine in for service. The lead is now 17 seconds, and uh, we're starting to get to the point now where Jeff Gordon stretching it a little bit more could almost slow down make his stop and come back out without losing the lead I mean that's not quite to that stage but I think you get the idea that's the kind of domination he's showing here this afternoon 17 seconds of an advantage on second place Terry Labonte as he and his brother Bobby Labonte worked the back straight away and I think Alan one thing that's being overlooked here again is the great run that Bobby Labonte is having this is getting to be a, a regular happening really all four races this year Eli they've had a solid performance that team has they were running in the top five with 15 laps to go at Daytona when they had that uh, unfortunate accident, had the second place run at Rockingham, were running in the top six last weekend at Richmond when a rear end gear broke on them, 10 laps from the finish, so really front running cars in all four of the races so far this season and they're real happy with the way their year started. Now Jeff Gordon at the start finish line about to overhaul Morgan Shepard who is one of the forwards, I think he's the last forward on the lead lap and he goes underneath him over in turn two. Shepard gives him plenty of racing room, taking a higher line, coming to the turn and Jeff Gordon just flashes off on by as he heads down the back stretch. Now the next car in front of Gordon that he'll put a lap on when he catches him is Sterling Marlin. Marlin is about one quarter mile in front of the race leader. Marlin the fifth place car. What a difference a year makes. I mean it's it, it's really something last year we all remember how Ford's dominated early and uh, now Chevrolet has uh, done their job with the brand new Monte Carlo and we say brand new you know, the late Neil Bonnet started testing this thing probably a couple of years ago now when, we, when you think about all the time that's elapsed. So they, they've already gotten a lot of work done on the uh, the test program for the Monte Carlo before it was unveiled in December. Yeah, I think from everybody I've talked to, this car has kind of been on the drawing board and parts and pieces of it being made, wind tunnel tests made for the last three years. And uh, apparently Chevrolet has done their homework because they've really got a car that's working not only on the big tracks, but short tracks and everywhere else. The aerodynamics a big part in it, certainly on the super speedways, but also the cars have looked real good up there at Richmond. Here comes a couple of more cars that are making, should be their final pit stop of the day if this race goes green. Bill Elliott bringing his car in. Dale Jarrett is in. Rick Mast is in. Winston Kelly. Crew goes to work on the right side of the McDonald's Ford Thunderbird. Tim Ragsdale has the car cranked up. 
Jim Black and Lamar Logan changing the right side rubber. Now they wheel around to the left side of Bill Elliott's car. Crank it up, put Unical gasoline for Goodyear tires, and Bill Elliott will return to the track. Here comes Rusty Wallace. He'll come in for service. Lap 270 will be the pit stop for him. We've seen Mark Martin already in. Steve Grissom, Rick Mast has been in. The other stops that Winston Kelly's been telling you about. Here's Rusty Wallace down in front of Jim Phillips. And they go to work on the right side. It's going to be four Goodyear Eagles and fill it up with Unical gasoline. A quick swipe of the windshield and Rusty Wallace's crew will send him back on the racetrack. As a matter of fact, they're going around the left side right now. So Wallace, you're on lap 271 getting four tires and gasoline. Now, this should be the final pit stops of the day. As we said, assuming that this race stays under green all the way down to the checkered flag, I don't think you'll see anybody else back on pit road unless they have a problem. Jeff Bodine brings his Exide Batteries car in. They'll also change rubber all the way around on it. Here's Bobby Hamilton and the STP Pontiac in. Hamilton thought he could stay up there with them all day long. Had a pretty good solid run. They're posting him still in 14th and not all that bad. Just one lap. Well, actually, what, three laps three down? Three laps down. Heck, the world is about three laps down. Now, there's being shown only five cars on the lead lap. Then you've got two cars a lap down, Schrader and Morgan Shepard. You then have two cars two laps down, Ricky Rudd and Dale Jarrett, before you get to the next cars that are beginning now to make their sequence of pit stops. Davy Jones is in. Derek Culp is in. Ricky Rudd is in for service, all coming here at lap 272. Well, Jeff Gordon is the only car among the lead lapped automobiles that have not yet made their pet stops. Here he comes now as he'll slow on the banking of turns three and four. With everybody else having made their stop, he does have a lot of time to uh, slow down and make his way to the attention of Ray Evernham and the rest of the Rainbow Warriors. They still need to pull off a quick pit stop here, but they do have a little pad with which to work. They'll pit all the way down near the end of pit road near turn one. Jim? Comes in slowly, good, smooth stop for Jeff Gordon. They've turned out some good pit stops today. Their best one has been 17.4. Let's see if they can match that. The right side tires are on. They come around the left side. The second can of gasoline is in. Doesn't take the second can, so not only getting good fuel mileage, tire mileage, everything for Gordon today. Down 19.6 on the stop for the Gordon team. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. Petty just in to make his final pit stop of the day. He currently has been shown in 12th position, uh, about three laps down to the leader. He hasn't had all that bad a day. Let's check in on his pit stop, Winston Kelly. It's a routine pit stop, four tires and Unical gasoline for the Barry Dotson-led crew. Kyle Petty returns to the racetrack in just over 20 seconds. Here comes John Andretti with uh, another pit stop upcoming here. Right front looking uh, as though it uh, might be dragging a little bit. Tough to very get a, get a good angle on it there, but he came down pit road to the attention of the crew, and he'll go back to the right side of the car. Now, after the sequencing of pit stops, Kenny Schrader took over the race lead, having unlapped himself. Then you've got Jeff Gordon next in line, followed by Terry Labonte and Bobby Labonte. So at this very second, Kenny Schrader is on the lead lap as well but he has not yet made a pit stop when he comes down the pit lane here shortly to the attention of Ken Howes and the boys that will give the lead right back to Jeff Gordon and Gordon will again have an advantage over the Labonte brothers as we work at lap number 280 of 328 uh, don't know who's going to get the goodies headache awards it'll be interesting to see who uh, the teams the, the uh, media members pick maybe even Mike Wallace uh, you know we, Jeff Burton said hey 
I messed up on the initial start of the race. Poor old Mike never even got to the green flag and uh, spent half the race in the garage area. He'd be a possibility. Michael Walchip gave, uh, had that battle in the back straight away with Jeremy Mayfield and Jeff Purvis. Those guys might be candidates. We'll find out in a bit. $1,000 from the folks at Goodies Manufacturing going to the winner of the Goodies Headache Award. We'll uh, pass the information along to you a bit later on. Let's see here. Here comes Jeff Gordon now. Forgetting Kenny Schrader for the moment. Here's Gordon at the stripe. We'll get an interval back to the Labonte brothers because once Schrader does make his stop, Terry Labonte will again be uh, running in the second spot. Bobby Labonte running back in third. It's going to take a while for the body for the Labontes to get around here. Yeah, I was going to say they're over in Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> here comes Terry to the stripe. It is now 16 and 6 tenths seconds, the separation. And now here's Schrader making his stop at lap number 282. So as soon as Jeff Gordon gets back around, and here he comes now, he will reassume the lead. So Schrader leads from 278 to 281, and Jeff Gordon reassumes the lead at 282. Let's cover the Ken Schrader pit stop. Yeah, the only problem with that with Kenny, by the time he gets out back on the racetrack with four new tires and fuel, he'll be a lap down again. Uh, they stretched it as far as they could, but they had to come in now. Looks like a routine stop, four tires. Jack's down, and Kenny's on his way. Kenny Schrader going back out onto the racetrack, and for Jeff Gordon, it's going to be one of those days unless something happens to that car in the final laps here this afternoon that's just absolutely perfect. He's moved in behind Morgan Shepard again, and also Dale Jarrett. They're a couple of laps down, or threatening to go a couple of laps down, if he can get around them over in turn two. Well, they're giving him plenty of racing rooms coming into turn number one and now to turn two. First, Gore, or rather, Morgan Shepard drifts up the racetrack, opens up the inside lane, and Jeff Gordon's on his way again. Sterling Marlin, Dale Jarrett, and Morgan Shepard had unlapped themselves in the sequence of pit stop through some good pit work, but they're in danger of going a lap down. Shepard just does in turn four. That's one of the Fords that was on the lead lap that is now going a lap down. You've got Jarrett and uh, Sterling Marlin directly ahead. Let's reset the field for you in case you've not been able to keep up with the sequencing here during the green flag stops. Jeff Gordon is the race leader. Running in second is Terry Labonte. Third is Bobby Labonte. Dale Earnhardt is fourth. Sterling Marlin is fifth. Sixth now is Dale Jarrett battling Marlin in turn three. Side by side right in front of race leader Jeff Gordon. Jarrett's going to get that spot. Marlin has to go wide. He's going to go a lap down because of it. And Jeff Gordon has to pick his way through that. Now he'll drop, drop right in behind Dale Jarrett. He doesn't want to get out there two and three wide with a lap car going off into turn number one. 286 laps are complete. Two hundred ninety-one laps on the board of three hundred twenty-eight. Jeff Gordon continues to lead, and we'll be very frank with you, folks. Right now, among the cars on the lead lap, those that are one lap down, even two laps down, there is not really a particularly close battle out there. Everybody's at least separated by eight or nine car lanes, something along those lines. We almost had a good battle between the Labonte brothers, Alan, but uh, that time traffic came into play. Well, Terry had some trouble getting through traffic, and so Bobby was able to close right up on him, but then Bobby caught Todd Bodine and Joe Nemechek racing side by side, and he couldn't get by either one of those in the middle of three and four. That allowed Terry to get back away again. Now, what is a good battle is coming out of turn two. That's for position 10 and 11, a couple of laps down. Rusty Wallace by a car lane ahead of Mark Martin. Mark Martin has chased Rusty down from a long ways back about three laps ago he was a full second down Martin just flying around this racetrack now he's right on Rusty's bumper 
Mark Martin has probably had one of the quickest forwards at a given time here all afternoon. He's on Rusty's bumper as they come off turn number four, back down to the line, just kind of rides in the slipstream going back into turn number one. Let's see if he can get underneath him going into two. Martin sees the opening and he's going for it as they come into turn number one, sticks it right down to the bottom lane and flashes by to pick up the spot over Rusty Wallace. All he can do is watch him go by and fall in line. More of the laps have wound on in a particular run since a pit stop. The stronger Mark Martin has got. Only problem is when he had that problem earlier on in the race he's gotten down to the leader and he's never been able to make it back up kind of happened to uh, Jeff Bodine last weekend he had had that problem early in the race lost a couple of laps went on to be a pretty strong race car but never could get back up to contend the lead is now 15 and 5 tenth seconds 15 and a half seconds for Jeff Gordon over Terry Labonte don't forget next weekend we'll be with you in Nashville Tennessee how nice it is to see the Music City back on the schedule returning to the fairgrounds there for the NASCAR Bush Series the Opryland 320 next Sunday we'll be there with our coverage at 145 Eastern time a full weekend by the way if you're heading up to Nashville they've got the NASCAR Slim Jim All Pro Series in action on Saturday the ticket office is open right now and every day leading up to the Opryland 320 next Sunday then it's back to NASCAR Winston Cup competition MRN travels with the series to Darlington Raceway for the March 26th Trans-South Financial 400 April the 2nd, the Bristol Raceway in Tennessee hosting the Food City 500. April 9th, we'll have the first Union 400 for you from the North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. Then the Winston Cup visit to Martinsville Speedway, the Haynes 500 on Sunday, April the 23rd. The month of April wraps up in Talladega, Alabama. The Winston Select 500 is set for April the 30th. And in the month of May, we'll open up coverage in Sonoma, California. The Save Mart 300 at Sears Point, that's May the 7th. And May the 20th, the Winston Select NASCAR's All-Star Race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. That is Saturday night, May the 20th. Lap 296 on the board. Have you been following all that, uh, the bad weather they've had out near Sears Point? Uh, the Marin Civic Center, which is just across, uh, better, it's across uh, the highway from where we stay, our hotel out there. Uh, when that's only about 15 miles from Sears Point Raceway, they had nine inches of rain at the Marin Civic Center in the last few days, and there was a report a, a while ago that Turn 11 at Sears Point was underwater. Of course, they've got the trucks next week, and it'll be dried out by then, but that's going to be uh, quite a situation to watch all the weather out there on the coast. Good battle on the racetrack now for second on the backstretch. Bobby Labonte has chased Terry Labonte down. He's gotten to his inside on the backstretch into the entrance of turn number three. Bobby slides up in front of his brother and takes the runner-up spot. He drove hard going into that corner, pinned it down to the bottom of the speedway, made it stick, and Terry kind of kicked up a little bit, and Bobby gets underneath him. Let's see if Terry's going to make a run on him as they go back into turns one and two. They'll move up on Dick Trickle's car and have to take the outside groove. Here comes Bobby Labonte taking the high lane first. Terry will fall in and follow the tire tracks up and around the Dick Trickle car, hitting the back straight away. Terry is staying right on the bumper of Bobby. Knowing that neither one of them is going to catch Jeff Gordon, probably some pretty good smiles on the brothers' faces, racing against each other at the front of the pack now as they work their way towards the closing line. Oh, trouble in turn one. One car hits the wall hard. It is Ken Schrader. The car broke loose coming into the corner, barely misses leg speed in turn number two. There's a lot of damage on the front of the Budweiser Chevrolet. Caution is on the speedway. It'll come out 
out at lap 299 as again down in turn number one this yellow flag comes out talk about a break for some of these guys that might have had a shot at Jeff Gordon that's going to bunch them all back together let's go back to turn two Kenny Schrader was coming into the corner the car broke loose a little bit like maybe he was going to kind of broad slide it through the turn and looked like he would gather it back in it slid a little bit too high it looked like maybe up into the marbles up against the outside retaining wall and when it hit that loose stuff it just carried him right into the outside wall and again he did quite a bit of damage to the front end of the Budweiser Chevy and in one second of a spin Jeff Gordon has lost a 17 second lead we're under caution where do auto all the lap cars are in now on pit road for service lap 302 that means 26 laps around the mile and a half speedway remain for Jeff Gordon the race leader Bobby Labonte running second Terry Labonte in third and Dale Earnhardt in fourth those cars on the lead lap here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway let's go down to Jim Phillips well we've got uh, the Western Auto Mechanic the race it's Ray Everham Ray congratulations right. It's, a, it's an honor to be selected Western Auto uh, crew chief for the race, but uh, really, I owe it to, to Jeff and these guys right here on Pitt Road and all the people at Hendrick Motorsports. Without them, uh, all I can do is accept that award on their behalf. You know, they make me look awful good, those guys. Did you tell them, be sure you don't make any changes to the car? Yeah, uh, the car's been real good all day. You know, it's, uh, it's the same car we won Rockingham with, so we're, uh, we're going to try and, and hang on for these 28 laps, and uh, looks like we'll be running that baby a few more times thousand dollars to Ray Everett Hammond his name of course goes in the pool for the mechanic of the year award from Western Auto Jim we've caught up with Kenny Schrader Kenny had a good run going there until toward the end what happened out there I was going right right around the outside of Rusty and uh, I ain't never cut a tire yet since I've been Winston Cup racing or since the radios and we cut our first one so we ran over something and uh, luckily it was a good place to happen we were up by the wall just getting in so just knocked the side off it Got a tire on the Budweiser Chevrolet. He had a top 10 run going, but he's out this afternoon. Pretty good run for Schrader here this afternoon. But, uh, as he said, talking about being up close to the wall, that's where Richard Petty and a lot of guys used to run because they say if you have something happen at the bottom of the racetrack, you got that much further to go up and hit that wall. So Good point. Probably something to that. 303 laps on the board of 328, so just 25 circuits remain here. Uh, it's going to be very difficult unless uh, something goes amiss, you'd think. But who knows uh, what, what happens on these restarts. There are a lot of things that can go. you got to go through the gearbox and so on. It's going to be interesting to see how Jeff Gordon can hold off. Maybe the new set of tires with the Labontes or Dale Earnhardt will uh, cure what little might have ailed them earlier in the day. Well, Eli, Eli, let's talk to Jimmy Maycar and see if you made any changes. Jimmy, did you make any changes to Bobby's car? Uh, no, not this time. We, uh, we really didn't have anything left. Uh, Car was pretty good right right there the way we were, but uh, not quite good enough for Jeff. So we just got to see what happens down in this shootout. Our car's a little better on a longer run, so I don't know what we'll be able to do with them, but uh, we'll give it a best shot. That's Jimmy Maycar, Bobby Labonte's crew chief. Tell you what, on the restarts, we've watched Jeff Gordon all afternoon. He's no slouch on those restarts, and if he can get just a little breathing room as well as that car has been working and it doesn't go away here in these final laps, they're close enough to make a run on him, but they've been that way a half a dozen times this afternoon, have not been able to do a whole lot with him. But Bobby as you said, who knows? Bobby Labonte has been pretty good on the restarts, too. He has been able to hang with Jeff Gordon on uh, a few instances here as the field now gets the one-to-go signal from Doyle Ford, one lap away from going green. So the green flag will fly at lap 305, meaning we'll have 23 laps of green to go before we head out of the uh, Super Speedway and the Winston Cup teams take a well-deserved weekend off. Again, a number of the drivers will be heading out west to Sears Point for next weekend's Super Truck Series by Craftsman. That is the Subway 100 at Sears Point next Sunday. 
They'll have the Winston West cars running out there as well. Uh, Kenny Schrader's going to be there. Jeff Bodine, Terry Labonte, Derek Culp. Who else? Davey Jones is going to be out there. That's at Sears Point next weekend. And, of course, MRN will be in Nashville, Tennessee for the Opryland 320 at the fairgrounds. You making your debut at the Opry next weekend while you're up there? <coughs> well, no. Uh, actually, uh, the material's not done. The materi That's it. The arrangement's not ready. Yeah. Good idea. Well, I kind of wish I could see that. Well, let, you will keep us posted as to when you're going to do that, I know. Oh, definitely. Uh, we'll be out there uh, giving it our best shot. Saw some uh, saw Holly Dunn here today, uh, a fine uh, country music star. She's in town. Tracy Lawrence has been in town here this weekend. Uh, now, those folks can sing. You're saying you can't? Exactly. In the <laughs> saves shower, me, from, in the saves me from doing it. In the shower, I sound super, but I guess everybody does. Lap 304, getting set to go back to green flag racing here. 23 laps to settle the Pure Later 500. Pace car behind the pit wall. Jeff Gordon sitting on the throttle, waiting to go. Sees the green flag, punches it, takes off. He'll get away from Dale Jarrett, the car down on the inside that is a lap down. Bobby Labonte's going to hang with him, and so is Terry. Those three head off into turn one. Labonte's about a car length behind Jeff Gordon, but Gordon already starts building his lead. Both those cars clear themselves of the lap traffic. Terry Labonte still buried back there. Dale Earnhardt also trying to dig out of the traffic. Dale Jarrett was running hard, trying to see if he could get back on the lead lap in case a quick caution came back out. He's not going to do it now. Three of the lead lap cars, now four, have cleared the Jarrett car as Dale Earnhardt swings around. But Jeff Gordon in the span of a mile and a half is pulled away by eight car lengths. The battle is for second. Terry Labonte inside of his younger brother, Bobby Labonte. The scramble for second in turn one. Terry gets a great run coming into the turn, slides by down to the inside and picks up the second spot. Bobby falls in line. Meanwhile, Jeff Gordon stretches it out to ten car lengths his lead. Gordon is gone. Earnhardt is trying to come. He's down to the inside of Bobby Labonte. Well, he dipped out of the inside for a second, tried to get a run on him on the back straightaway. Now as Bobby's car swings wide, here's Earnhardt again trying to get under him. Dale just really trying to make that car stick down to the low groove. Last time around, the car kicked up before this lap. This time it stuck a little bit, but he still didn't gain any ground on Bobby Labonte, while the leader pulls away even more in turn two. Again, here's Dale Earnhardt back in the fourth position, trying to close in on Bobby Labonte. Sees a chance to move down to the inside in turn one. Off turn two, that chance goes away, and Earnhardt gets back in line. Terry Labonte has gotten away by about a car length on his brother Bobby. Meantime, Jeff Gordon is beginning to check out once again. He's got about six, seven car lengths on Terry as they work off four. Good pass. Battle now between Dale Jarrett to the inside of Sterling Marlin. They are battling for position. One lap down in fifth. Jarrett will win that battle. Here comes Mark Martin now. He's not in that same picture. He's a couple of laps down while the lead car goes off into turn two. Bill Elliott has a problem. Elliott is not under power. The car was stone silent as it came coasting past the start-finish line. The leader, Jeff Gordon, is in turn three. Single file among the four cars on the lead lap. Still that good battle between Morgan Shepard and Dale Jarrett. Mark Martin and Sterling Marlin, they're all nose to tail. Nose to tail, they come off the corner. The leader again, across the line, maybe 25 car lengths this time between himself and Terry Labonte. Bobby Labonte hangs on to third. Earnhardt's chances of getting up there. He tried to use them while he had fresh tires on there, Joe, but he's dropping back even more. He's falling back a good bit behind Bobby Labonte. He's not going to have a chance to do any battle with him as they hit the back straightaway. Bill Elliott's going to turn his car in in the turn three end of the back straightaway. He'll not make it back around to the pit lane, but he also gets it off the speedway so we can continue and finish the race under green. He went into the area of the infield road course there. He's out of everybody's way, and the racing can continue. 310 laps on the board, 18 to go for Jeff Gordon from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is MRN Radio. 
at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, 312 laps on the board. Jeff Gordon leads. He's got himself about three-quarters of a second on Terry Labonte, Bobby Labonte, and then Dale Earnhardt running in fourth. Those four cars are on the lead lap. In fifth spot is the Dale Jarrett car on the same lap with Sterling Marlin in sixth and Morgan Shepard running in seventh along with eighth-place runner Sterling Marlin. So, again, let me correct myself there. I had a redundancy, I believe. We had Dale Jarrett in fifth. Morgan Shepard in sixth, Sterling Marlin seventh, and Ricky Rudd in eighth. Those four cars are a lap down. Two laps down are three different cars. In ninth position, Mark Martin. Tenth is Rusty Wallace, and eleventh is Rick Mast. They're all kind of running in a big old uh, package together there, but not many of those cars are on the same lap. But Jeff Gordon, he's just on a lap of his own, seemingly. Whale of a battle going on for second there, just for a moment, going through three and four. Terry Labonte really working on his brother Bobby, and now that evaporates a little bit as Bobby gets away from him a couple of car lengths. They're back in the east end of the speedway. Bobby got a great run going on. Terry coming off turn two that last lap, got down beneath him. They race side by side for about a half a lap picked up the spot and now he's gained about four car lengths on his brother so Bobby moves into second spot now farther back Dale Jarrett has checked out on Morgan Shepard now Sterling Marlin trying to close on Shepard and see if he can wrestle that spot away again those men will be battling for sixth position right now should they close in here in the final few laps the the Rusty Wallace car he's in a battle right now with Lake Speed on the racetrack but they are two laps apart though they're putting on a pretty good show for the fans here in the grandstand Rusty and Lake are not uh, side by side on the leaderboard Bill Elliott done for the day. Engine failure, the official word. Here comes Greg Sachs making an unscheduled pit stop at lap number 315. Sachs will bring his car down the pit lane after having been in just a short while ago, and he's not going to see the end of the race. Greg Sachs is going to the garage area. Tough way to have to finish after running all but 12 laps of the day. The leader coming out of turn number two. It is Jeff Gordon. He is all by himself. There is no lap traffic in front of him now for almost half the distance of the racetrack. Gordon right now eases down into the banking of turn number three and swings around the middle of the corner, headed back the other way. And it's very obvious that if anybody had anything left for Jeff Gordon after they all made their pit stops together, put on four fresh tires, a tank of fuel, and went back out there on that restart right behind him, and he has already pulled away. And Joe Moore, this has been one of the strangest days in Atlanta we've seen. I'll tell you what, to see one guy dominate like this, Atlanta's the kind of track where it's really not unusual to see the different lines that cars take depending on how far they are into a green flag run. Early in the run, after a restart maybe, or at the beginning of the race, they'll all run right down at the bottom lane, maybe a little bit up. And uh, today, of course, later in the runs, you'll see him start coming up closer to the outside retaining wall. We've seen that for most of the cars, but in Jeff Gordon's case, he hasn't varied a foot or two in either direction. Only time he gets up out of the main groove is when he wants to, when he's passing some other traffic. But his cars remain consistent all day. That's been very impressive to me. Now smoke coming out of the Steve Grissom car as he goes off into turn number one, running nine laps from the finish as Jeff Gordon continues to lead. Steve Grissom showing some smoke from behind the Meineke car. 318 laps on the board. Here comes Gordon out of turn number four. It'll be nine to go as they come to the stripe. Winging back into the corner, and Bobby Labonte has cut down the interval between himself and the leader, Jeff Gordon, by maybe three or four car lengths as they go back to turn two. Hard to say if Gordon is just coasting here or if Bobby Labonte is really catching him. Now, Bobby, after he passed his brother, has definitely left him, and obviously the distance between himself and the leader has shrunk. Labonte is turning up the heat in his Chevrolet. He's closing now down to about five car lengths on Gordon's back bumper as they work through turn 
turn number four. Here they come back to the start-finish line. Bobby Labonte in his 67th NASCAR Winston Cup Series event looking for his first win. Jeff Gordon just trying to add to his ever-growing win list. They're back in turn two. Both cars drop right down to the bottom of turns one and two. Still about five car lengths between the two. Jeff Gordon sets sail off the corner. Bobby Labonte closes in by another car length. Already down the end of the backstretch and dipping down into the banking of turn number three now. Labonte trying to dig and dig and dig and see if he can get up on Gordon's back bumper. Cuts it down a little bit more. He's about five car lengths behind him right now. Still a good battle going on back there for sixth place as Sterling Marlin tries to reel in Morgan Shepard out of turn number four. The battle for the lead goes back to two. Bobby Labonte again trying to close in some ground on the race leader Jeff Gordon. Gordon is taking his time being very patient coming to the turn letting it wash up off the bottom of the racetrack. Bobby Labonte still there. Make it about two car lengths now between the front two getting interesting in the final couple of laps. Gordon Labonte now flash through the middle of three and four. Here they come through turns three and four. Back to the stripe, Jeff Gordon still showing the way. Four car lanes, that's the separation here at the stripe as they go back into the corner, lap 322, six to go. Jeff Gordon comes back into the corner again, maintaining just a couple of car length lead, maybe three or four car lengths. Bobby Labonte is there following his tire tracks through the corner and onto the back stretch. They will encounter some slower traffic this time as they come into turn three. Steve Grissom smoking Chevrolet down on the bottom of the racetrack. They'll run up on him as they come off of turn number four. Got to give a lot of credit to both these drivers, both Jeff Gordon, he stayed out of trouble all day, been able to put that car wherever he wanted to. Bobby Labonte He's had to work a whole lot harder to stay up there where he is, and he cuts it down another car length as they go back to two. Bobby's using a little bit lower line now. This time coming off turn three, it was much lower on the track than Jeff Gordon. This time through turns one and two, identical lines they take as he shuts it down to two car lengths. Looks like Gordon's having a lot of trouble getting up off of corner number four. That's where Labonte ate up the ground on him last lap by. He's closed to one car length this time. This script very much like we saw here yesterday in the NASCAR Bush Series race, although the pass was made late in the day by Johnny Benson Jr. Maybe Bobby Labonte can repeat that script. They're back to turn number one. Two car links between the two Chevrolets coming back into the turn. Jeff Gordon leads the way. Bobby Labonte right behind him. And again, identical tire tracks off turn two. Labonte now has not only to catch him, then he's got to find a way around him. This time he closes about a half a car length now as they dive down into turn number three, coming up on more lap traffic. Should have about three laps to go when they get back down this time. He chops it down to two car links as they work across the line and head back into turns one and two. Terry Labonte is about a half a straightaway behind. He is third. Dale Earnhardt is an equal distance behind him and fourth, and those are the only four cars on the lead lap. They're back in two. Leaders work around the Dave Marcus car, swing by him, take the high line off, turn number two and down the back straightaway once more. Getting around that lap traffic cost Bobby Labonte about a car length on the racetrack now. He's got to get back up on Gordon's back bumper. Jeff Bodine's slow car at the bottom of turn four this time. He's out of everybody's way, Jeff Bodine is, but as Alan said, for Bobby Labonte getting around Dave Marcus before, it took a bit of a wider line. It cost him some distance. Two laps to go back to turn one. Jeff Gordon comes to the end of the front straightaway, dips it down low in turn number one, comes up off the bottom line just a tad. Bobby Labonte still some four car lengths behind him, follows the DuPont Chevrolet off turn two. The lead has stabilized for the moment as Gordon continues to hold that two car length advantage. They dive once again into turn number three with just a couple of more trips around. They're off of four. Two car lengths between the leader and second place, and that's as close
close as Bobby Labonte has been able to get as he comes down and takes the white flag on the final circuit around the speedway. Let's follow him down to turn one. Gordon sure got a rear view mirror full of that interstate battery Chevrolet of Bobby Labonte, but Labonte may not be able to do much more with him. Still about three or four car lengths behind the race leader. On to the back straightaway. Lap traffic will not come into play. Gordon, half a lap to go now. They're into turn number three. Labonte still one car length off his back bumper. They dive for the bottom of four and head for the checkered flag. No chance here for Bobby Labonte. He's going to give it a heck of a run, but coming up a car length and a half short, Jeff Gordon wins at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. His second win of the year, the fourth of his career, finishing in third spot will be Terry Labonte, then Dale Earnhardt, and Dale Jarrett. Well, Rick Hendrick, I'll tell you, had a strong horse today, a little interesting there at the end, but it was really a dominating race for Jeff Gordon. Well, he drove a heck of a race. We're really proud of him. You know, you, you, you just don't know what's going to happen at the end of these things, but he drove a heck of a race. Car was good all day. So Rick Hendrick and his team go to victory lane. And he's going to be quite a bit of celebration down there. Again, Jeff Gordon wins, unofficially finishing second. Bobby Labonte, Terry Labonte will finish third. Fourth will go to Dale Earnhardt, and fifth unofficially to Dale Jarrett. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford Trucks and your local Ford dealer. Have you driven a Ford lately? Well, for the second time this season, Ray Evernham, Jeff Gordon, and the DuPont crew heading to victory lane. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, they dominated, though the eventual margin of victory was just one-tenth of a second, but doesn't matter. They'll take it nevertheless. Second place, a strong run for Bobby Labonte. Winston Kelly's with him. For the second time in 1995, Bobby Labonte comes home second. Bobby, it was a good run for you. Just looked like you didn't have quite enough there for Jeff all day. No, you know, we got way behind there for a while, and, uh, I mean, that, that hurt us, but, uh, uh, you know, that late caution, I hate to see Kenny have an accident up there, but at the same time, it helped us out. You know, we got out of the pit second, and uh, Terry passed me right there. Just I just went to the straight to the fence there off of four, and I had to get off of it, and he got by me. So, And we worked back underneath him off of two a few laps later and got him. So I just didn't have enough for Jeff. You know, he was awful strong all day. He was really strong all day. Right there at the end, we just had a little bit more uh, – more something there to, to, to try to get him, but hey, these uh, this Joe Gibbs racing team, Interstate Battery Chevrolet, you know, this is a Chevrolet racetrack now, it looks like, uh, and it's one, two, and three for Hendricks Motorsports, too. Uh, they won for second and third, so hey, it's a good day overall. That's Bobby Labonte. He comes home second this afternoon. Let's check in with Chuck Bowen. Now, I'm down here with fourth-place finisher Dale Earnhardt. Dale, I know you gave it all you had all day long, but a few of them were just a little bit better. How was it out there today? Well, it was really a good race. Uh, you know, Gordon, he sort of stunk up the show, so to speak, but you know, he had the best car, and uh, uh, that's what it takes. But uh, our car was pretty good. It just was a little too tight in and through the middle of the corner, and I couldn't use the throttle real hard in the center. So we were just fighting that the rest of the day. Uh, as the track went on, it seemed to, you know, really just get uh, get worse. It never got any better. But, you know, we'll take it. That's another top five, and uh, the team's working really good. We just learned to handle on this uh, Monte Carlo. We might get them. I'm sure he will. You know, with the exception of Terry Labonte, this race looked a whole lot like Rockingham. That's indeed the case. Uh, that was the only difference, really, as far as uh, those uh, finishing orders were concerned. One thing that uh, I think everybody agrees with, the Goodies Headache Award today was rightfully voted to Mike Wallace. $1,000 going to Mike plus a $250 donation to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Mike Wallace was the driver who got hit from behind about 60 yards before the green flag and never got to take the green. He came back later in the day, but he was about 200 laps down before he returned. 
Back to Winston Kelly. Terry Lavani, a good run for you this afternoon. Well, you know, we came up a little short, but our Kellogg Chevrolet ran good all day long and uh, uh, best we could. We're happy with third. That's Terry Labonte. He came home with a good, strong third-place run. Again, uh, Terry Labonte talking about his third-place run here this afternoon. Let's check in in victory lane with Jim Phillips. Well, we'll have uh, Jeff Gordon in just a moment, Barney. Okay. Jeff spending down there some time down here. Let's go back to Chuck Bound. Yeah, I'm down here with Dale Jarrett. Dale, you got another uh, top five today. How was it out there? Well, we struggled. Uh, you know, we had to work for it. And the guys in the pits, uh, Larry and, and his whole crew there, they deserve this fifth-place finish. They worked hard all day long, kept adjusting the car. Finally, like the next to the last set of tires I had, boy, I was really hooked up and going then, and, and then there at the end I was. So, uh, you know, it took us all day to, to find it exactly, but we did, and that's what's so good about this race team. I just got to uh, get it over a little bit sooner to them what the car needs, and I think that we'll be much better from the beginning. Yeah, I think part of the problem, too, was Gordon was just unbelievable today. He had one of those great days, and he really had to work on it to keep up with it. Yeah, you know, that makes it tough uh, when it got a car like that that, that fast. You, you keep trying to work on your car. And, you know, at one point there, I said, I don't know what I'd do different to our car because it's really driving good here. And, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate that uh, these guys work hard. And, you know, people at Texaco and, and Haviland, Mac Tools, you know, they deserve a, a good run. And, and we try to give that to them every week, and uh, we'll get better here. That's a good run, fifth place for Dale Jarrett. Let's go to victory lane. Well, Jeff Gordon, it looked like you were riding secretariat out there today. It was a strong horse. Well, it sure was. Uh, you know, I tell you, this uh, this Hendrick Motorsports DuPont crew, they, they do a heck of a job. And they, they've built one heck of a race car. This same car we had at Rockingham. And man, the thing was just on a rail today. I mean, it was so easy to drive until the end when uh, Bobby LeBond, I tell you, me and Bobby, are, uh, you know, he, he's coming close. He's coming real close. And me and him are, are, uh, are battling out there, and it's a lot of fun. But I really thought he was going to get me. I knew catching me was one thing, passing me was going to be another thing. But it got too close for comfort there. It looked like after lap 57 pit stop and you came in, you got the tires, that's when the car set sail. You know, uh, it, it really did. It took it a while. At the, at the beginning, it was very tight. I was very surprised at how tight it was. And it, it, uh, it, we were really wanting a pit stop. But the longer we ran, the better the car got. And then when we got to come in and adjust on just a little bit, loosen it up, man, the thing was just on a rail. And from there on, it was just awesome. Just depend on, you know, what set of tires. And I got to take my hat off to Goodyear. They have done an excellent job. These tires, I, I ran these tires as hard as you can run today, and they held up great. Is it hard, though, to stay focused when you got a car this good? It is. Uh, I mean, I catch myself uh, wondering about other things and thinking about other things and then shaking my head and saying, no, come on, you know, stay focused. When you're out there and nobody's really pressuring you, you know, you even look for lap cars. You want lap cars so that you at least have somebody to judge off of or at least somebody to, to, to see, you know. But uh, the car was just excellent today, and, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that we did. Every little vibration, Kip, we've got this vibration in this car. It wins every time it does it, but it makes me nervous, and I was scared to death today that we were going to have a problem. But, uh, man, the thing came home uh, clean as a whistle, no problem. Okay, when you got down to the last pit stop and the body did run you hard, where was he beating you at? Well, I didn't want to see that last stop to begin with. I mean, we were just checked out, and, uh, you know, it was easy sailing. But, uh, you know, the Lord's looking after us. Uh, when it's your day, it's your day, and, and he knows that. And, and uh, you know, he was certainly blessing us today, but he wanted me to work for it. And so uh, that caution came out, and we took off, and, and Bobby wasn't, wasn't that strong. And then Terry got by him, and I thought, you know, oh, okay, I think we're all right, but we're going to have to deal with Terry. And then Terry faded, and, and Bobby got by him, and, man, he come on strong. And, uh, you know, I, I guess it just took a little while for his tires to come in, but he was killing me down in three and four.
Okay, when you got down to the last pit stop and the Bonnie did run you hard, where was he beating you at? Well, I didn't want to see that last stop to begin with. I mean, we were just checked out, and, uh, you know, it was easy sailing. But, uh, you know, the Lord's looking after us. Uh, when it's your day, it's your day, and, and he knows that. And, and uh, you know, he was certainly blessing us today, but he wanted me to work for it. And so uh, that caution came out, and we took off, and, and Bobby wasn't, wasn't that strong. And then Terry got by him, and I thought, you know, oh, okay, I think we're all right, but we're going to have to deal with Terry. And then Terry faded, and, and Bobby got by him, and, man, he come on strong. And, uh, you know, I, I guess it just took a little while for his tires to come in, but he was killing me down in three and four, and I was as good or just a little bit better down in one and two. I could suck it right down on the bottom. And, I mean, I was driving that thing as hard as I could, and I was a little bit too tight down in three and four, and it's my fault. I told the guy, I said, let's tighten it up a little bit just to, you know, be safe, but I guess we tightened up a little bit too much, but uh, we still won. That's all that matters. Well, this is the place he won his first NASCAR race. Jeff Gordon in victory lane again here at Atlanta. And we congratulate Jeff Gordon. The full rundown for you and other post-race awards as soon as we come back. The Atlanta Motor Speedway now beginning to empty as the fans file back to the parking areas. Four cars were on the lead lap at the end of the day today. 29 of the 42 starters were still running. Jeff Gordon, the winner, led 249 of the 328 laps today. That's total domination at this place. There were nine lead changes among seven different drivers. Five caution periods for a total of 27 laps. The average speed, 150.070 miles an hour. Quick race for them. Jeff Gordon does win. Bobby Labonte will finish second. Terry Labonte runs third. Dale Earnhardt is fourth. Dale Jarrett finished fifth. Morgan Shepard was sixth. Sterling Marlin finished seventh. Ricky Rudd was eighth. Mark Martin ran ninth. Rusty Wallace, tenth. Rick Mast posted an 11th place run. Ricky Craven was 12th. Derek Cope, 13th. Kyle Petty, 14th. Lake Speed, 15th. Joe Nemechek was 16th. 17th to Bobby Hamilton. Steve Grissom was 18th. Ted Musgrave was 19th, and John Andretti round out the top 20. Continuing our look at the finishing order, 21st today will be Todd Bodine, 22nd Dick Trickle, 23rd will go to Brett Bodine, 24th Davy Jones, Billy Standridge was 25th, 26th Bill Elliott, Ken Schrader was 27th, Dave Marcus 28th, Greg Sachs was 29th today, and 30th goes to Jeff Bodine, 31st Robert Presley, 32nd Jimmy Spencer, Jeff Burton was 33rd, Darrell Waltrip 34th, Michael Waltrip was 35th, 36th is Jeremy Mayfield, 37th place finisher Jeff Purvis, 38th goes to Jimmy Hensley, 39th is Randy LaJoy, 40th Mike Wallace, 41st Steve Kinzer, and 42nd today is Phil Parson. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Sponsored by Raybestos Brakes, the official brake of NASCAR. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By Pontiac, the official pace car of NASCAR 24 years running. Pontiac, we are driving excitement. By Anheuser-Busch Incorporated. Remember, NASCAR fans, when you've got a thirst for refreshment, the name of the game is Bush Beer and Easy Drinking Bush Light. By Unical 76. For quality gasoline, keep your eye on the ball. By Goodyear, number one in racing, number one in tires. By 
STP, makers of fuel performance additives like STP Super Concentrated Fuel Injector Cleaner and STP Gas Treatment. Go with STP and drive a better car by Gatorade Thirst Quencher, the official sports beverage of NASCAR. Hey, life is a sport, drink it up by Wix Filters, the choice of Joe Gibbs NASCAR Winston Cup Racing Team. They're available for you at professional auto parts stores by Heilig Myers Furniture. At Heilig Myers, we furnish America by Lowe's. When you want the job done right, race into Lowe's Home Improvement Warehouse by Fleetwood. For the best build, best value recreational vehicle, go with the leader, go with Fleetwood. By General Motors and the UAW International Union. Assembly line to finish line, teamwork wins. By Texaco Haviland Formula 3 Motor Oil. Add more life to your car, take it to the star. By Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, there is no wrong way to eat a Reese's. By Cooper Tools, whether you're a professional construction worker or a do-it-yourselfer, Lufkin tapes are tough enough to handle the job. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Engineers, Harry Howard and Vince Marzello. Affiliate relations, David Hyatt, Cheryl Knight and Stephanie Ellis. Production assistants, Sandy Good and Gina Haldren. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR, and brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault.